This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces, stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners? And welcome to episode 107 of the Radio Freest Van podcast, a Horus Heresy 30K podcast. My name is Michael. I got my co-host, powerful Derek here. Going to say what's going on, Derek. We Space Force now. <laughs> we definitely are Space Force, man. <laughs> it's a it's a good time to be alive. We also got powerful Scott. Going to say what's going on, Scott. What up? And the beautiful and Civil War soldier esque, <laughs> powerful <laughs> Ryan Kimmel. Going to say what's going on, Ryan. What's going on, everybody? Man, dude, I feel like. I feel like uh, I haven't talked to you guys in a minute. It's definitely been a minute. Especially Derek. I feel like, Derek, I feel like you've been gone off the podcast for like six years already. Dude, it's <laughs> been work, man. In, in podcast years, it's like six years you haven't been on the show. So, Anyway, we got a good show for you guys tonight. Uh, of course, we're going to go over our normal hobby progress, what we've been doing. Uh, me and Derek, well, I mean, just me. Give a breakdown of the Citadel opening little bonanza they had going on. Uh, Ryan and Scott got a game in that Ryan wanted to talk about. Then, of course, we're going to go into some emails you guys had. We're going to go ahead and go over a bunch of stories that got sent in over email. We're definitely going to finish the Chase Montambo story. We're going to finish up that because, man, we have not made that last story. We have not finished that last uh, part of the trilogy there. Uh, then we're going to go ahead and break out into some lists. So I know the two lists we had were a Thousand Suns uh, Drop Assart Vanguard list and a Salamander uh, Armored Breakthrough list. And a whole bunch of questions got answered as well uh, from the emails uh, for help for lists and stuff like that. So that's what we got for this show. Uh, I'm trying to think. Was there any releases we need to talk about before we get into all that? Nothing really came out, right? Uh, just people debating whether or not any of the new Plastic Knight stuff is going to get ported to Heresy, which probably not for a while at least. Yeah, the Armager stuff. The Armager and all that jam. Armager, Dominus, the Castellian, Castellan and Valiant, I think. I don't know. It'd be cool to see him in Heresy, but don't hold your breath. Yeah, 100%. Don't eh. hold your breath. Eh. What? You don't like the armature, man? The armature's cool, man. I'm all set on super heavies. You know me. He's just Give a little a baby super that heavy. Stuff. He's like what the... like. He's a little sad, little little worker super heavy. Holds Fucking Titanicus is out. Go play that. Leave me alone. <laughs> Go play with your baby knights over there. Get off my fucking lawn. <laughs> so... Yeah, guys, if you're looking for upgrades for that, Powerful Comrade Quiche has already come out with upgrades. Taro Model Maker has come with, out with upgrades on that. I mean, really, dude, like, they're, like, the Internet's moving so fast nowadays with these third-party kits, and, like, it just becomes easier and easier. Like, me, myself, dude, I've been, like, 3D modeling like a mug. And it's true. Once you get it, like, once you get it down, man, it's like, oh, I'm going to make this for this. And then now that you've got the AnyCubic Photon printers that are, like, the resin printers are, like, down to, like, 300 bucks right now, dude. You can, like, make any upgrade kit you want. And it's not like 
Games Workshop has like ridiculous, you know, ridiculous angles and stuff that they have in their models. They're like once you look at something and you can break it down to basic shapes, dude, then you can like make your own upgrade kits and stuff like that. It's pretty wild. We live in a wild age. I uh, <laughs> it's customizations everywhere. So let's get some hobby progress. Who wants to start? Scott. Yeah, hobby progress, man. I fucking posted these pictures up maybe a week ago, but I posted up the pictures of my termite and iron warriors breachers and uh, two demos pattern predators I did for my iron hands armored breakthrough list. And uh, pretty happy with those came out, man. I really like the demos pattern. Uh, you know, it that's like the every vehicle I have, at least in that army, is is a demos like chassis. So, uh, that's like the first predator I put together in fuck, man. Like over 10 years so that was kind of neat and nostalgic and stuff to actually put together a main battle tank that can function you know with some sort of dependability in that right of war and uh what else did i do played a game with you mr kimmel that we'll talk you about did. later yeah it's fun that was fun and um <clears throat> oh i'm getting ready for kentucky 30k campaign day coming up this saturday june 23rd it hard knocks games in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. It's going to be a start time of about eleven o'clock. If anyone is, you know, local or in the surrounding area, and you want to come down, I assume this will probably be posted up before then. Is that right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, should be. Yeah. So up there you go. If you're listening to this, you know, and you you can make it down, come come join us. We had a pretty good turnout in our last uh, month. Why you got to have it on game night weekends? I'm sorry. Me. I'm sorry. I would come. I would drive down there. I would eat problem. your. I would eat your delicious chicken. <laughs> <Yes>. Whoa. <laughs> del- oh. Delicious and Joellas. Yeah. But uh. Yeah. So we're doing that, and uh, we had a pretty good turnout last time. Maybe like somewhere between ten and fifteen people, you know, in and out throughout the day. So it's always a lot of fun. I know there's a few new faces coming that I've managed to pick up, you know, throughout. You know, talking to people around here, so it'll be good to see them and kind of introduce them to the hobby and stuff, or not really introduce them to the hobby, but introduce them to heresy and things like that. So, um, other than that, man, that's me. I don't really have a lot going on. My, I'm having, I'm going to Vegas next week, so nice. I'm gonna get, I'm fucking. Remember the whole LVO debacle where I almost died of some horrible bacterial poisoning on the way there. Well, this is. Fucking Vegas Redux. Okay, I'm healthy, fit. I've been working out all week. My body is ready to consume a great amount of alcohol and cannabis and see where the desert takes me, man. So, <laughs> so we're sitting I'm Scott gonna, to the, the desert. Drugs are gonna kick in just outside of Barso, if I had to guess. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're, give uh, we're gonna get you some psychotropics and you can invent some new Age of Sigmar units. <laughs> yeah, like we talked about over. <laughs> Yes. Like this whole faction I, I got up on peyote. Push, but instead of a bill, he has a circular saw. <laughs> <laughs> Does he swim or fly? What kind of fucking question is that? Obviously, he flies. <laughs> what kind of question is that? Lot of cannibal, Michael. Of course, he flies. <laughs> he's a platypus. Even though, even though he's got a face full of daggers, because he's a great white shark. We're going to take it the next step further and fucking electrical tape some blades on his fins. 
Dude, we were talking about that over. Uh, I went. Pizza. I went to Mother Bear's Pizza, and uh, just the sheer logistics of that, like being an army fighting a war on floating aquatic animals. Like, if you're killed by one of those things, it's got to be the most confusing death anyone has ever. <laughs> <laughs> anyone ever. in the old world has ever even I dreamt of. Old world, old world is dead, sir. Someone can go through. I mean, you're you're simultaneously being killed by a flying fish with razor blades strapped to like its dorsals, and you live in the, on land. <laughs> you're on land, bro. And it's flying. And it's flying. Yeah. And it's and got. I wonder, like, what is the range of like if I wanted to be safe from them, how far in land would I have to go? <laughs> like, what if I lived in the Mojave Desert? Would it just not be a concern to me? Would I just be like, well, <laughs> just just like truly, just just af- always afraid and aware of just these like hovering death dealers, <laughs> like. Like, imagine the survivor from that. <laughs> Nowhere safe. Yeah, dude, because, like, they don't get tired. Like, why would they get tired? They're not exerting any energy just floating. Like, <laughs> you just see that coming. Magic. We're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, dude. Yeah, a... We're going to need fucking bigger something. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's, uh, that's definitely some... Uh, some. That's some next level shit. I, I, I want to say that... Probably some ayahuasca was involved in the creation of of those units or some <laughs> something. Anyway, Scott's going to go into the desert on uh, on psychedelics and create some <laughs> some some Horace Heresy Going full lists. Hunter S. Thompson style or proud <laughs> Kentuckian and uh, going to find out some stuff about myself while I'm out there. It's gonna be, dude, I found out. I just thought up the best third company elite list that you guys need to hear <laughs> hear me out Sakar and omega <laughs> anyway that's exciting off to vegas yep then i have fucking knee surgery when i get back so that'll be super shitty so i'm going to try to offset that super shitty time by having a lot of awesome times next week that's fair Boy. So about you, Ryan, what you been working on? Um, so I've wrote a shitload of lists for this show, like next level amounts of lists. Um, what else have I done? I've worked, built a ton of BattleTech models. Um, I went to Origins. Powerful Origins. Was there anything Heresy going on in Origins or anything? Forge World had a booth there. Oh, okay. That was it. That's all I saw. Um, I'm not saying there wasn't heresy. I didn't even really look. I was just there for one day to do some shopping. Um, when I was carrying my stuff back to the car, I accidentally marched in the Pride Parade, which was pretty fun. <laughs> um, so, and I was actually got a my... much more fun time than one would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fun. Uh, You'd be a I, hot little number in the bear community, so, dude, man. Exactly. Yeah. So let, let me. So there was like five dudes that were really having a good time in front of me, like really having a good time, and they were like in the super European, like really super small speedos. 
<laughs> like the ones that like the American diving team, like the divers wear at the fucking Olympics. Like if it moves like one quarter millimeter to the left or the right, you got a nut popping out. Like <laughs> those Brady kind of speedos. Evening wear. <laughs> yeah, it's like a perfect balance. And a perfect balance. And they were shaved smooth. They were very smooth. Like <laughs> look like dolphins. Very smooth. <laughs> they squeaked. <laughs> they squeaked when they walked. When their thighs. When their thighs yeah. rubbed together. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, very smooth. Uh, a couple of them were very bronze, very tan. Um, I kind of wanted to touch them. I'm not going to lie. So. I was like, that looks interesting. I kind of want to see what that feels like. That's how they get so you. they, uh, <laughs> they stopped. They were all hanging out. They, they were a group. They were like together and they were walking. We were right behind them. We had all our stuff. Cause what we went in and shopped and bought a bunch of stuff. And then we're going, we, we, bought like more dark age than I can fucking wrap my brain around that we even bought. So we had these huge bags. We didn't want to carry them with us because we hit the dark age booth first. We filled it up. And then I was like, well, let's just run over iron winds and buy all this Battletech shit. And we'll run the catalyst and get the Battletech books. And then we'll just run all the shit out to the truck and drop it off and then come back in and look at everything else. So James who went with me is like, yeah, it's great. It's a great idea. So when we go back outside, it's right in the middle of the parade. And we have to walk like the convention center is right on the parade route and the parking garages too. So we had to walk along like, I don't know how much of the parade, I don't know how long the route was, but we walked like three or four blocks. And of course you have to cross the street and stuff. And as you cross the street, you know, people are marching. We're going in the same direction as the parade and they have barricades and shit. So sometimes you have to like, we were trying not to like steal anyone's thunder and get in like in, in the parade, but we still had to like, kind of go out in the street and like cut around. But anyway, we get to the truck and drop everything off. But on the way, these guys, they were stopping and like everybody was taking photos and shit. And of course me just being silly, I tried to get in some of the photos. (laughs) So these five dudes in front of us, I like slip in like next to them when this, (laughs) this newspaper guy's like (laughs) taking a photo (laughs) and, and they catch me, they catch me trying to photobomb. So they grab me. One grabbed me. <laughs> like, so I was like, in the photo, in the photo. I was like, fuck yeah. So like All five of them were like holding you? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not that. I was on the end. Holding him like on Simba the at Pride Rock. <laughs> just these yeah. super ripped bronze guys. Just, right. yeah. it's like, <laughs> no, they were small. They were small. They were in shape, but they were small. Um, I don't think they could have picked me up. But uh, I might have been surprised. I don't know. Maybe all five of them together probably could have picked me up. But I was on the end. So there's, there were very, very smooth, dolphin-esque bronze dudes, five of them, and then me in blue jeans and a t-shirt <laughs> on the end. Not so smooth, uh, not so bronze. It's so. like you're going to a fucking sheet metal union meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also not in shape. Not their type at all. Not in shape. Look like melted butter with Kermit the Frog Arms. But... Um, yeah, it was fun. So then we went back and uh, went into Origins and did some more shopping. Uh, I talked to Ken from Badger. He was there. Uh, got some paints for Freddie the Swede. Um, it's pretty much it. Origins was a good time. We, I, Like I said, we only went for like half the day or whatever. Uh, I got all the price support for the Michigan GT Dark Age event because Dark Age was having a sale. So that's why I bought so much shit. So the vast majority of the stuff I bought was 
price support for the Michigan GT. I went ahead and got it when I, because I, I get a set amount of money to give away as product support. So I, I contacted them and I was like, do you have a rough guesstimate of how much I'll get? And they were like, ah, this much. And I'm like, well, I don't, I'm going to go ahead and get it now. And I don't like, you don't have to give me the money now. Cause they're not going to know. Cause the product support they give you is based off how many entries there are. Yeah. So, um, and they're really good. They're one of the, as far as I can tell that I've actually done stuff with, as far as how much they give back to the players, they're the best. They give the highest percentage back that I've ever seen to the to the entry entrance as product support, which is good. So we me and uh Paul came up with the rough guesstimate number and I just bought it there because they were having such a good sale I could make that money go further so I'd have more product support. Fuck yeah. So so I have to sit on the money a little bit, but that's not it's not a huge deal. Uh, but yeah, so that was good. That worked out. Um, I'm trying to think what else I did. If I've even done anything else, it's pretty much it. I've read, like I said, I read a bunch of BattleTech books, built a bunch of BattleTech models. I need to write the. I'm going to write the rules for the um, Zone Mortalis event for Heresy Camp here soon. I need to get that done. I'm going to do that this week. Um, I think that's it. And then I played that game with Scott. He came up on... Uh, uh, which day? Did you come up Sun? You came up Sunday, Sunday right? Sunday, yeah. 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 He ran out of hobby shit to do. And I got him some Battletech stuff at Origins, picked it up for him. And then he was all worried because he didn't have any hobby shit. So I'm like, well, just, we'll just meet. I'll give you this stuff. You give you something to work on. He's like, "How about I do you one better? I'll just come up and play a game." I was like, "All right." So we went and ate pizza at Mother Bears, um, and then came back and played a twenty-five hundred point game. What did you play? What, what army did you take? Uh, he played loyalist, so I wanted to play traitor, obviously. So I played my death guard. Death guard so. versus. Iron hands. Oh, Scott, you bust out the old iron hands. That's right, bro. Like I said, I'm trying to get my, Stella's trying to get her fucking groove back, so <laughs> I'm playing a lot with that army and trying to, you know, get my feet back under me with it. Is it like? Is, is it connected to you getting a giant iron hand tattoo? In any way? Yeah, maybe that might have spurred some of it. <laughs> that might have spurred some of that on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't be a poser. <laughs> I have literally bled for my legion at this point. So, <laughs> oh, I do want to do this. I also got a culture exchange package from the Remembrancers Retreat guys. Oh, Ooh. they included us a letter. They said just a little something, something to help you through the next cast. Thanks again for everything, all the shoutouts and the love. I feel like the success we've had. At the retreat, if any, is because of the work that casts like you, Age of Darkness, Eye of Horus, have done. And the awesome dudes that have gone before us. We stand on the shoulders of giants. I know I speak for a bunch of the cast when I say I wish it could be at Heresy Camp, but Nova is where it all started for me. And I feel like I have to return to the mothership. We understand. Totally understand. Next year, though, Adepticon, uh, count us in. Uh, see you on the live feed on the 28th. He's talking about the... Uh, the Deshane. MD, yeah, Deshane, yep. uh live feed. It's the we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yep. Uh, it says should be fun. Cheers, guys. Hope you enjoy the munchies and 
the little contraband that I snuck in uh, makes it, which it did. We got sent some... Yeah, allegedly. There may or may not have been stuff in the thing that you shouldn't send through the mail, but it did make it. If it was in there, it would have made it. Um, So... Uh, it's from Dave, Jason, Patrick, Ryan, David, Sampson, Jesse, Will, Robbie, Jared, Austin, Stephen, and fuck, I probably forgot somebody. But that's <laughs> from the Romancer's Retreat. So they sent us, I think, four different types of nuts in a can. It's pretty good. I tried them all. Classic can. Uh, I actually tried. I tried way too many of the super spicy ones, and right before the show, Michael was calling me, and I couldn't answer because I was on the toilet burning my O-ring out. We were just <laughs> talking about that. And I'm not going to lie. I told him before the show started, my ass is itching as we speak because I, I burnt my O-ring out, and now all I'm left is with like a slight burning itch. And we're not talking like where you can like scratch it normally. Like I need medical gloves to scratch it. So I'm just not. I'm just dealing right now. You can't, but anyway, you can't do the weird chair wiggle where you like wiggle left and right horizontally and um, your butt gets scratched. Hey, man, June is fucking Swamp Ass Awareness Month, so you're getting kind of. I like it. I don't know. My hole's up in there. I got fat cheeks, so like all I'm saying, like if you were trying to rim me, you would have to, your face had to be shaped like oh, a hat. Oh, God. All I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> One... One parade later, already. It's it's too late. I've seen everything. I don't know if that'll I don't know if that'll make the podcast or not. I've even stunned Scott, which is surprising to even myself. But it's true. Um. So, yeah, that's a thing. So anyway, uh. Thank you. Remember, answer retreat, fellas. Yep. Oh, we got a. They sent us posters. They sent us stickers. I got some objective markers. Um, they sent us other things. Uh, but yeah. So I'm going to save some of it. I guess Derek's just shit out of luck. Now, Derek did come up here and get a fucking eat a tenderloin and shit, though. So he can't complain too much. But Michael's going to be up here shortly. And Scott's up here all the time, so I have to save a little bit for Michael to try. And maybe I can send some back with Michael for Derek to have. That'd be cool if you did. But if not, I understand. <laughs> I will try to do that. Now, they did send fucking dark chocolate covered cappuccino coffee bean things. Not knowing my wife, that shit's probably already gone. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> It's been in the house for two hours. She's upstairs alone. It's probably gone. So you're probably none of you are probably going to get to try that. That's okay. Just saying. That's that's fair. She's like the the fifth member of this cast. Yeah, like <laughs> it's, it's it's okay. So uh, uh, yeah. So what what contraband was in there? I'm so curious now. There wasn't any. If there was, it made it. But there wasn't any. Oh. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Ride goes. <laughs> the obvious wink. <laughs> okay. We'll talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, that's cool, man. Appreciate those guys. I love their new poster, man. I love like that Kurt Metz, uh, those that Kurt Metz uh, drawing they had going on, where it's got all of them like sitting in a like the Last Supper esque, you know, in power armor and stuff. It's pretty dope. And then uh, as well, I've been talking to them about their giant mega battle they had on the ground. 
and what are what are some <clears throat> things that they learn that should be on their next their next cast here where they actually talked about that and uh i don't know man we got that we got that like what we kept calling the yoga room at heresy camp because it's just like this big empty it used to be a chapel that has like all these like windows and really all the gaming is going to be going on in the in the in the cafeteria area for heresy camp and I was thinking maybe we could like have because we have that one mega battle for Heresy Camp that we're calling the children's tuition. Uh, I'm thinking we could have a like giant sheet on the ground kind of thing like they did, but I don't know. It's one of those like, what did they learn? Was it worth it? And all that jazz. And so I've just kind of been back and forth on like what are some of the things they would have changed. So. We'll see. We got to do some talking amongst the counselors, but definitely something I was interested in. So appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys in that. Yep. So what about you, Dirt? What you been working on, buddy? Uh, I've been painting up that lightning and uh, been kind of dragging my ass on it just because work sucked and haven't had as much energy to throw into painting as I'd like. But I've got that all pretty much all based up and edge highlighted. I'm just trying to figure out how how to go about weathering it because I've never really done a flyer before. So I kind of fell down a hole a little bit. I was looking on YouTube at some like uh, like some historical miniature stuff, like weathering on uh, like World War II vehicles, some dust stuff, stuff like that. And I fell down this like pit watching like uh, model railroad people doing stuff. Fuck yes. And like more historical stuff and man that is there's a lot of information out there if you don't know where to look like maybe don't look at sci-fi stuff maybe look at something like the historical and the railroad community because those are some dedicated motherfuckers i tell you what yeah dude watching those railroad people make little graffitis is nuts i watched a dude he took a picture of like a super old like one like two room train station slash post office and he, just from that photo, he completely, like, did a plasticard, like, sheet styrene version of that. And he had all, like, little specialized, like, I-beams and little L-channels, like, uh, styrene rods. And he did, like, the gutters. He had the, like, the uh, textured sheets for the, like, the tin roof with the all the edging that goes around that. Well, like, he's like, it's insulated. He uh, <laughs> He bought, like, a little foam to insulate it. <laughs> Yeah, like that little foam sprayer that sprays a little tiny expanded foam. <laughs> he just ran that through his airbrush. <laughs> like he did all the like the gutters. He ran like fake, like uh, conduit and shit. I-, I was honestly surprised he didn't put like the little, uh, little like metal strips that you like that bend around the conduit to like bolt it to the frame, bolt it to the wall. Yeah. Like aside from that level of detail, everything else was there, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> You should call him out on it. You should message him and be like, hey, you lazy fuck. Why is it this? I mean, to be fair, that might not have been on the picture, like the picture might just had, because it was only like, I think, four or five scale feet. <laughs> you lazy bitch. Look at you. Look at you. It's just going to float. I don't oh, think. Does, does stuff in your universe just float? I don't think I'm quite ready to start calling people out yet. Yeah. They'll, they'll start you looking at pictures. Take some blades to that post office. Yeah, is that, is that post office gonna fly through the desert and kill people if Blaine saved us out of it? I didn't think so. Well, that's cool, dude. Yeah. Aside from that, my Anvilus, all three of them are 
primed and based. Two of them are edge highlighted. So I just need to go about weathering and edge highlighting the last one. And then I should be in good shape aside from like one last unit. A little behind on the uh, Escalation League, but I should be able to pull it around and get some games in this month. If not, I'm not going to hear the end of it, I'm sure. <laughs> no, you will not. Sounds badass, Derek. I'm yeah, proud of you. That's Good what job. I'm up to. It's kind of funny how, like, okay, so you're talking about, like, getting stuck into, like, this, like, realistic miniature, like, mini, like, modeling stuff. Like, dude, I went, I was, like, I've been down the exact same rabbit hole this entire month because of dust. And, like, I really have learned the value of AK Interactive washes and filters and stuff like that. Like, AK Interactive, like, for one, I think they must make the best airbrush paints on the market right now. Like, it's insane. Their airbrush paints are incredible. Uh, it's It just kind of sucks because they're, like, they're not really, like, gamer colors. They're more, like, military colors. And so there's not a whole bunch of, like, military colors to use in Warhammer. Uh, but their filters, man, their filters are incredible. They got, like, desert filters and stuff like that. And I actually used uh, their desert yellow filter which is basically just like an oil wash that's just like a really really light yellow white and you coat the model with it and like you it filters the entire model to look like it was in the desert and it's it's kind of one of those things where i don't really see it being used too much for like warhammer but like they have so many of these different filters for like red earth and stuff like that and like dark earth and stuff that you could really grunge up your models with it and like it's I don't know. I mean, I've, I've really, I, I, I really want to go like find, like I want to f- like go visit the warehouse and like go buy stuff, all this stuff like extremely discounted and stuff like that, and just use all of it. So, but anyway, but yeah, dude. Like, uh, I have quite a few announcements, man. We got, but since the last time we talked, we got Anvil Industries to support Heresy Camp, so. That's one of our new sponsors. So Anvil Industries is going to be sending some prize support for us. Uh, Shadow Edge Miniatures, the people who do the tufts, they're going to go ahead and take care of us for prize support. As, well, not prize support, for swag bag support. So they're going to go ahead and work with us on that. I'm super excited about that. Um, but one thing, guys, if you follow us on Instagram or you follow our Facebook page, you will have seen Exterminatus Art, which... He sponsored Heresy Camp and sent all of the trophies, well, five of the trophies for Heresy Camp. And so these are like one-seventh scale space marines. Like I, I think they're one-seventh scale. They're probably much much smaller. Like eight inches tall? Yeah. Well, Something like that. Yeah, like eight inches. Yeah, it's like one one hundredth scale, I think. That no, one tenth scale. I don't know what scale they are, but they're like eight inch tall Space Marines, and he makes them out of resin. He like somewhere between six and eight, in, eight six yeah. and eight inches. Yeah, yeah. There's Space Marines in Mark Eleven armor. <laughs> Mark Eleven armor. Too soon. Too yeah. soon. No, not not too soon. So, so yeah, they are Space Marines that he like modeled up and all this stuff. He makes these like seven inch tall space marines and he made special like mark six helmets for us mark four helmets for us mark three helmets for us and it is they're they're fucking 
legit, dude. They're so cool. Like I, I didn't. I don't know. You think like six or seven inches, and you don't think that's like too big. And then when you get it in your hand, it's just like so massive in your hand. Oh it's man! Oh yeah! We're gonna cut that <laughs> part out of the show. Yeah, 100%. Like, you're pretty gay up in here this time around, boys. Like, yeah. oh. <laughs> not that five and a half inch crap. These are <laughs> not when they not when they say it's like eight inches. No, but it's like an actual like... angry looking one. <laughs> yeah. So like, so yeah, it's like veiny triumphant bastard. <laughs> look at this, look at this Terminator. <laughs> Michael can't scare me. I've already been around more lisp and more glitter than one day than I ever thought I would see in an entire lifetime. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. They're big. They're big marines. Big marines, boys. Exterminatus underscore art on Instagram and on Etsy. You can buy your own little eight inch space marines to paint up and do with what you want. So. I'm super excited about that. I was so fucking excited about those things coming in. Um, what else, man? I got the posters sitting here right below me on the ground from Kurt Metz. Uh, they're still in their box, so they're safe. But for the <laughs> Pathway to Terra, a.k.a. the Warzone Houston event. So we uh, we got those. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, what else? What else? What else? I guess the Citadel event, man. You want to hear about that? You want yeah. to hear about the Here's beautiful, beautiful Horus Heresy tournament going on at the Citadel? Yeah. Tell us. No, that was a good time. Tell us, Uncle Michael. <laughs> so, yeah. So, me, Cody, Chris, and Josh. Well, actually, Josh went way before us. And let me tell you how good of a bro Josh is, okay? So, I woke up. Like, we had to leave here at 3 o'clock in the morning, right? So, we had to get on the road about 3.30, whatever. And it doesn't matter how much you pack. You're just going to forget stuff. That's just how it's going to work. And so I had everything waiting at the door, man. I wake up. And I get on my shit. I throw it in Cody's car. I'm like, oh, fuck my charger. And I'm like, yeah, I remember my charger. We get on the road. We're heading down there. And uh, we make it to the event in six hours. It takes about a six-hour drive, five and a half hours, six-hour drive uh, to Dallas from, from Victoria. And it's me, Chris, and Cody in a car. And I get there, and I'm thinking to myself, like, man, dude, I've just been in the car for, like, six hours. And I'm like, I feel like, I feel, I feel like I'm ripe. You know? Like, I don't, I don't know if I am, but everybody there is, like, in Dallas are really good friends from the Lone Star Legion and stuff like that. So everybody wants to hug. But I feel like, you know, like. You got that not-so-fresh feeling. I got that not-so-fresh feeling, right? And so I'm telling Josh, I'm like, yeah, dude. I was like, I think I'm going to run to the Walgreens and just grab some deodorant real quick. And Josh is like, no, nah, dude, just come to my truck. We'll get you hooked up. I got you. I got you taken care of. Let's take care of you. And uh, he had some, like, spray-on, like, women deodorant. That, but <laughs> Apparently, he like, to him, he's like, you're going to smell great. You're going to smell better than no girl wants to smell a man. They want to smell this. And, like, it, it's true. Like, I did smell delicious. But and that just takes me right back to Letterkenny. You can't wear that, dude. That's for girls. <laughs> That's for girls. You can't run around smelling like purdy girls. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, Josh took me back to his car, man. Hooked me up with some uh, some spray-on, like, deodorant. And, it, man, like, I felt so much better after that. And, like, that that could have taken my event and made it just awful. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a good time. And that's just a, that's like just a precursor for the event. That isn't, like, actually playing. So... 
Uh, as far as the event goes, man, the Citadel, they had a all Forge World there, like inside the this hotel. They had a Forge World booth. They had a huge Games Workshop booth. You can get, like, everything there that Games Workshop offers that's, like, you know, event exclusive and stuff like that. Uh, all the Lone Star Legion guys were there. It was fucking so great to see them. It's so nice to, like, to hang out with them whenever we do get a chance to hang out with them because they're, like, they're like one of us, you know? And they're just their community is so much fun to hang out with. And so because we were all there and there were so many of the Lone Star Legion guys there, I took, uh, 15 dice rolling trays, the heresy camp dice rolling trays to not only get the conversation started about heresy camp, but also to show them off. And so we were all using our heresy camp dice rolling trays. That'll be present at heresy camp for this event. So it was a good time there. Uh, event-wise, I had two games. It was a it was a fifteen hundred point tournament. Uh, Age of Darkness rules, uh, so no Lords of War. And I took my sisters to battle, except when there was, <laughs> except when there was. Uh, took my sisters to battle, man, and they did fucking as good as you would expect. Uh, my first game, unfortunately, man. So, like, do y'all remember when I went to uh, the Lone, last Lone Star Legion event and I took my sisters and, like, I got paired up against uh, Scott and he had his word bearers? Yep. <laughs> okay, so they randomly choose us partners, like, to play against and I get paired against Scott and his word bearers. <laughs> <laughs> was, he, was he running Erebus? He, he was running a Praetor with a... Uh, what is it called? Um, dark burning lore. Burning lore. He was running a praetor with burning lore. Basically, he had two. Uh, he had two uh, psychers in his army, who first turn were gone. Like in the sisters of battle, <laughs> do not, not fuck around. <laughs> yeah, they they uh, they took care of that real quick. They also took care of his uh. Uh, Marl Gall Dreadnought real quick and after that when it was just them against his army things got pretty difficult because uh, he had a Leviathan running around and like I've got nothing except a Breacher Charge that can hurt the Leviathan and then yeah, once you, you read no the rules for a Breacher Charge tricks for that bad boy. <laughs> do what? You got no special tricks for that fucker do you? <laughs> no he's just, he's just good old fashioned just killing the fuck out of some <laughs> sisters of battle just carelessly kill like as soon as i killed like i i went in there my sisters of battle or sisters of silence hop out of their inquisitor they grenade launch his uh his praetor and chaplain who just so happened to be in the same unit and they're gone like they're just they periled themselves to death they're gone then i moved over took some sisters about sisters of silence out of their inquisitor and walk them within i think it's like six inches they have to be or 12 inches within a a demon to uh to bump up the uh the vehicle damage value on it like you add plus one to your vehicle damage if you're within 12 inches of a demon uh because i don't know you make them unstable or something <coughs> sorry kitty decided to turn us down so the uh so yeah so I kill once I killed the two psychers and the Marogal, I was like, Well, I came here to do what I needed to do. <laughs> like 
there's nothing else like why would my sisters of silence even be here anymore and that's when like the whole tides changed and he used his like i don't know 900 points of left of like shit to just start whooping on me dude i was so bad like there's just i was just sending wave after wave of sisters into the leviathan so that he wouldn't kill janesha kroll and so like every time it was my turn i'd join her like into the next unit like trying like get in here like stop targeting her (laughs) like it was oh so bad because there was literally nothing they could do and i'm just trying to wrecker him out like i'm trying to use my uh my my charge this what what is it called the uh i just said it a second ago the breacher, charge. Breacher, the breacher charge. i'm trying to use this breacher charge which is the worst thing you could use like it's the worst and it's just not working and so it was just a we, it was like all the way like i got some pictures of that because i just i had like 30 sisters all tied up into this leviathan and uh i got a minor victory out of that just because you know he didn't kill my warlord uh but me and him both had a good game and he basically was like this is like so much better uh, this is so much better game than last time we played so (laughs) i was real happy that like we got to have a legit game uh then turn two they shook it up so the way they did it was uh and i i I don't know why but what they did was they took the top because there there was 18 tables oh no not 18 tables there was 18 players and so what they did was they took the bottom six players and the top 12 players and they basically made the games a three by three. They took the bottom six and they put them in to the games with the top 12 and like strung them in there. And the way it worked was like the people the the extra players the the new the ones that were coming in they could come in from any board edge like it didn't like they would half their force came on automatically first turn and they could come from any board edge but they just had to be the last the last turn like they did not get to seize the initiative or anything like that which is insane like if you think about like how ridiculous that is like to be able to pick whatever spot, whatever board edge you want, come on automatically. Like, it was insane. And so uh, it was uh, uh, me and Rudy, we were playing, and he was playing his Sons of Horus. He had a full, like, Sons of Horus deep striking army, and all of his stuff was in drop pods. There was nothing I could do. So, like, I parked all my Inquisitors as far back against the board as I could and was just waiting for him to deep strike in. And when he finally did, he got he had first turn, so he brought his stuff on and just started lighting me up. I lit him up back. And then John Christensen was the Ultramarines player that could come on wherever he wants. And so he just like straight up pincered us, like just like we're in his firing line. And he brought on way in the corner of our table, he brought on a a whirlwind Scorpius to just like start blasting us from over there. Well, <laughs> Sneaky Michael brought a Garo with him. So, Garo, I roll for Garo to come on. He does his little sneaky deep striking where he just, like, shows up at the right place at the right time. And I also picked the, for his Oath of Moment, I picked that he has to be in the enemy deployment zone. So, I deep struck into the enemy deployment zone where that Whirlwind Scorpius was. 
and he walks out, and with his rending bolter, he goes up, blasts the rhino, and destroys the, uh, or I'm sorry, blasts the Scorpius Whirlwind, and destroys the uh, the Scorpius Whirlwind launcher. So, like, immediately, like, weapon destroyed, no more of that. <laughs> like, I'm like, dude, Gar's a badass. Like, he's like, no more of that. And so, we're good. And we're great. And so that entire game, which is a cluster, man, like it was just everybody was just murdering everybody. Everything was going so fast. Like, because not only did you have the Sons of Horus coming in for alpha striking, so you have combat and shooting going first turn, but you also have John jumping in there with his stuff first turn. So it was just like this just chaos whirlwind, and it went a lot faster than I thought it was going to. Uh, but it ended up me and, uh, me and John pulled a, a tie on that one. And, uh, or I think me and Rudy, we, I tied with somebody and, uh, the game was just great. Garo ended up killing that Scorpius, which was great. So, uh, my sisters did not have any, any psychers to fight that game. So naturally they just kind of just ran with their power swords into different units and got their face punched. So, uh, but after that round, because that extra person had kind of pushed the length of the game further, uh, it pushed the end of the day further out for us. And so me and Cody ended up leaving before the third round, but definitely I had a great fucking time, dude. It was such a good time. And every game I played was a blast. I was so glad to get my sisters back out there. Uh, one thing I did have to do was I did have to give them all a hardcore repair job because they did not have a good ride back from Adepticon in their bag and they had like broken swords. I think all of them had broken top knots. And so at the beginning of the day I had to do a whole bunch of gluing. But what can you do? Now I have my uh, I hate when I have to do that shit, man. I fucking hate it when I open up my case. Something's broken in there. Ugh. Yeah, I had broken swords. I had broken top knots, but they were still in their foam. And now I have these Magnaracs. And so they're going to get the Magnarac che- treatment. And hopefully I never have to deal with that again. So Yeah, that'll I'll put a stop to that shit. So, but yeah, man, that was a super good time. I would definitely go to another Citadel event. Uh, so. If that if they, if they announce something for Heresy, man, I'm there. Like it's it was such a good time. Nice. So, anyway, why don't you tell us about y'all's game? Go ahead, Scott. <clears throat> All right. So, so as Ryan kind of alluded to, I've had a hankering to play my fucking Iron Hands a lot lately because I started working on a. It's it's my it's my Skunk Works project, but it's Operation Legion Sleeve. So what I'm doing is, and I haven't posted these pictures up for everyone yet because I kind of want to wait until I'm a little farther along in, in this process to start posting them up. But I'm getting, I already have a three-quarter sleeve on my left arm, so I'm getting another, like, tattoo. I'm getting another one on my right one. And the top half of it is artwork from uh, Massacre, which is like, I don't know what chapter, or no, it's not Massacre, it's Book 6, Retribution. And it's like an Iron Hands silhouette guy. It's on the red background. Well, I have that framing the top part of my shoulder. And then from the Primark series novels, I'm going to have Ferris Manus tattooed on my arm. 
And then on the inside of my arm is going to be my Iron Warrior side. And I'm going to have like their skull emblem and shit from the Forge World t-shirt. And then Perturabo from, from that Primarch novel. And all this is going to bleed into my chest like cables and stuff. And I'm going to have like a big set of wings. And in the middle of it, I'm going to have a big World Eaters like globe inside a brass set of jaws. So I found a really, really fucking talented tattoo artist. And that you guys have seen it. What do you think about it so far? It's yeah, it's awesome. It was rad as fuck. So yeah. he, he does a fucking really awesome job. And we're going to. We're going to fucking shoot through this the rest of this year. I mean, it would be cool to have it all done by Heresy Camp, but I don't know, you know, what his time, what his schedule looks like. He's very, very fucking busy because he does really, really good work. And when you find a tattoo artist that does a good job, you know, you're you're, you're looking at some lead time on scheduling, scheduling appointments. So, but uh, I'm pretty stoked about it. And this got, this all got the hobby juices flowing. I was like, man, I want to bust out my iron hands. So I kind of, fucked around with some lists and made one an armor breakthrough list that I think is pretty good. And I was like, I want to, you know, play this and see, see how it works for me. Cause it's a bit of a departure from the standard old head of the Gorgon kind of shit. I, I used to run all the time. So, uh, hit Ryan up and brought it up there and we threw down, uh, some death guard on iron hands. And it was like, it was like the battle of Kursk. It was fucking five land Raiders against a shitload of tanks on my side in this heavily forested area. It was fucking very picturesque. I'll I'll send the pictures through the chat. You can put them on the Facebook if you want, Michael. Absolutely. I sure will. So we ended up playing... Uh, the deployment was the table quarters one, Search and Destroy. Yep, and And the mission we played was... The one where there's an objective in Scott's deployment zone and an objective in my deployment On zone. Onslaught. Onslaught. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So, like he said, it's the, 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 you have an objective in each, each of your deployment zones. I have to capture his for five points or he captures mine. And then you get a point for everything you kill in the first turn. And then you also get a bonus point if you kill more enemy units than your opponent. Yeah, like the what's that it called attrition or something? That's yeah, right. attrition yeah. and then and slay the warlord is per se. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead, keep going. Okay. All right. So I fucking I think Ryan Ryan set up first because he he won the role to set up first and uh, put his yep. land raiders out there, and I, you know, it it I understand that. He's going to move those guys up, and they have multiple bombs and stuff, and are very capable of killing vehicles in close combat. So I, I deployed my shit way back with a lot of standoffs, so I could hit them with blast cannons and stuff as they were coming through. And um, the train was really awesome. Like it was a lot of you know offered a lot of cover saves and stuff, and kind of you know you had to think about where you were going to move and you know all. Well, the other key thing was our warlord traits because yours really helped you. Yeah, yeah. So I rolled. Uh, I wanted to roll on strategic because of the options I had. The real one I really wanted was night fight, just because I knew he was going to get a five up cover save anyway because of the trees. And now I didn't want that to get any better because I have a lot of last cannons and stuff. I have the chance to like one shot something hopefully, but it's not like a volume of fire kind of you know 
thing. I don't have a shitload of glass cans. I have like, you know, five or six, something like that. So you want to make the ones you have count. So I was fortunate enough to get night fight, uh, night attacker, which, you know, gives my whole army night vision. So when it turned out to be night fight turn one, or I can just make it night fight, it benefits me, but doesn't really benefit him. It's actually a negative. Smooth, uh, smooth little tactic you got there. Never, never put that yep. much thought into it. And which one did you roll, Ryan? Um, I got the one where my guys could use my warlord's leadership if I was within twelve inches. Pretty handy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Yes. Yeah, so, I'm the pictures, seeing y'all fighting in this forest. Well, and so we get all set up and shit, and to make matters worse, I fucking seize the initiative on him. So now we both have armies that have a fucking shitload of glass cannons and tanks. So it's a recipe for things are going to explode on turn one, pretty much. Well, Scott and had ten. You had ten glass cannons. Uh, yeah. The accelerator cannon on a uh, uh, Sakaran with Casterman Orth in it. Yeah. Uh, two two Scorpus Whirlwinds, uh, two Vindicators with the blasts, and the two two veteran squads and outflanking rhinos, and you were outflanking them. And then you had the the auto cannons on the Predators also on top yeah. of all those other last the cannons. Spartan the Spartan with the quad last cool. cannons and the yeah. Fucking boatload of Gorgons and uh, Praetor in there. I'd like to point out, I kept track. We didn't lose a single model to Heavy Bolters, even with all those Heavy Bolters on all those tanks. So there you have it. my thoughts on Heavy Bolters are my thoughts <laughs> that have always been about Heavy Bolters. But anyway, go ahead. Remarkably underwhelming Heavy Bolter performance yeah. turned in. But uh, so, so turn one kicks off, and I'm fortunate enough to seize. And... Uh, I killed, I think, two land raiders. Turn yep. one, like there was one I blew up outright with the Vindicator squad, and then the other one I kind of chipped away at. But the whirlwind Scorpius hit it four times, like you know, I, I little template's dead center and it hits, so it's almost always going to hit as many shots as it had. I think I hit it four times, and then I rolled two sixes out of those four dice and was able to hold it out, take the last two hole points off of it. Yep. Right there, those were two assault squad. Like those were two Phoboses. They weren't. One of them wasn't the Achilles. So I was able to kind of get those units that were going to get to me out of their fucking tanks and slow them down at least a little bit. Because you know, distance is my friend at this point, kind of thing. Yep, it was looking grim for me on turn one. <laughs> so, what'd you do, turn one? Uh, nothing. I pulled the Achilles up and I shot two multi meltas and the uh, Sunder quad launcher thing into the side of your Vindicators and did a whole point of damage. Um, and I think I did a whole point with some las cannons to one of your Predators. I think that's it. It's pretty pretty great turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. Good start. Thanks. We're off to a hot start. So <laughs> it was nighttime. They're still waking up. Yeah. yeah. 
I missed three of the four shots on the quad launcher with the Sunder Rounds against the Vindicators and Side Armor. And then on the one that hit him, I think I rolled a glance. I rolled a one and then re-rolled yeah. it and got like a three, which is a glance with the Sunder Rounds. And then the Multi-Meltas, I think one hit and one missed. And then the one that hit, I think he and uh, he made his cover save against or whatever. Yeah. So... Uh, what was it? Turn turn two. Everything in an armor breakthrough list. I mean, we've already covered this, but if it has three hole points or less, it's a fast vehicle. So those vindicators can move pretty far and sh- still shoot those demolisher cannons. What I did was essentially I I just moved up and faced those towards a another land raider that had grave wardens in it, and um, I had a squadron commander in that Vindicator squad of two. So Vindicators have Tank Hunter. You know, if you're, if we're using them against armors, that gives them a little more utility, I guess. And uh, post some shots into that. I didn't end up killing it. I think I took a whole point or two off of it. And uh, what else? I, I like, stunned the, the Land Raider Achilles kind of in the middle and shoot off a bunch of whole points from that. Yeah, you got it down to one whole point. Yeah, with the... With the Sickering battle tank with Casper North in it. He, uh, I mean, it's seven, it's what, six strength seven shots that are twin linked hitting on twos with Tank Hunter and Randy. So it's a lot of fucking hate coming out of that accelerator auto cannon if you have Casper North in there. And then, uh, yeah, I had spawns the last cannon, so I was able to chew quite a few whole points off of that. Uh, as far as that goes, I think that was about it for my turn too, right? Something like that. Your guys came in. The vets came in. Yeah, yeah. So my vets came in on one side, and he had a uh, like a, a veteran squad that was out of their land raider, I think, and guarding that backfield objective. And they came. Yeah, in the one I, that you blew up, you blew it up, and I didn't have anything yeah. to do with them, but stand on the objective, and then you shot them all but three dead with the Scorpius. <laughs> yeah, God, dude. Dang. Oh, shit. Well, I killed I killed three of them with the Scorpius, and then the vets came in, and I got out of twenty bolter shots, I had seven rending wounds yep. into that squad. So they fucking gunned them down. Pretty. I think I had three really. dudes left. Yeah, I had three yeah. guys left. Um, and then my three guys moved up and tried to assault during my turn, and got Overwatch and lost another guy, and then failed the charge. Um, then. I finally did something, and my Achilles, because it has extra armor, I moved it up and deployed my machine killer vets and shot, what's his face, Orth to death. Well, I shot his tank out from underneath him. He didn't die. He got out. Um, Then my Grave Wardens got out and killed the Vindicator Squadron. And then the Land Raider they got out of shot one of your Predators and killed it. So it, this was it blew up and caused a chain reaction and blew up the back vindicator. Yeah, that it already had whole points on yeah. it from the first turn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then um I blew the turret off of another predator. Yep. I think with a snap firing multi multi shot from the Achilles or something. Yeah. Yep. Um so this was far and away my best turn. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so that was pretty, this was pretty much my best turn. And then I started moving the, my warlord and some death shroud that he'd blown out of the second land raider turn one started moving back towards the vets that were near the objective where those other vets died horribly. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that was pretty much my turn two, and this was my best turn of the game. Ooh, that's not a that's not a good sign. <laughs> so the the these Grave Warden dudes were out and they were like the only only real like super dangerous close combat unit that was like in my in my grill that I had to address and I still have this Spartan full of Gorgons. So I was kinda able to turn and focus them on charging those Grave Wardens. So they get out. My warlord goes one way because he has a chain fist and he goes to knock on the door of the Achilles and then the rest of the Gorgons go towards the Grave Wardens. And Warlord kills the Achilles in close combat and I kill like two of the Grave Wardens because it three. Three, three of the Grave Wardens uh, just from shooting combi vultures at them, and then I charged in and killed the rest in combat. Um, and I consolidate towards the Land Raider they got out of that's like backing up and shooting at me with the last cans. The remaining three vets or, of his in the backfield, I was, I was, I shot bolt pistols at them because I was going to charge them, but I killed them with bolt pistols, so I just kind of stayed put after that. I have another veteran squad that came in on my like short table edge and they got out and killed the veterans that were uh that blew up Castrum and Orr's vehicle. So Yep. And so I think all of them but one, one of them broke and ran around the other side of the Achilles. So at this point in time, I have a land raider with nothing in it, with two hole points on it, with a like ten man or nine man oh, terminator squad like squad four terminator. inches away from it. And then I have another land raider with one whole point on it on the opposite end of the board with death shroud still in it. And then I have my warlord and four death shroud on foot, like just standing in the middle of my deployment zone because their land raider died there. Turn one, they can't get anywhere. I can't run because they're in cataphract or whatever. Um, Scott killed the. You forgot about you killed the meltavets after they had killed Orth. You shot everything back there, killed them. Oh yeah, the the my vets came on and shot, pumped a bunch of shots into that yeah. that unit. Yeah. So my turn, I pulled my land raider up with death shroud and got out and assaulted his vets, and then I shot my land raider at his predator, and I don't think really did anything to it um, in the backfield, or maybe I shot it at the. I know I killed a Scorpius at some point. Maybe I shot and killed yeah. the Scorpius that turn. One of the two Scorpiuses with one of, with the. That's what it was. The Land Raider that was facing the vets. Off, he just backed up and shot the Scorpius on that side of the board and killed it. And then I shot the other one at the other Scorpius on the backfield, but didn't do anything to it. I think I yeah. just did a whole point to it or something. Yeah, that's and, the one that ended up like immobilizing itself on a tree or something towards the end of the game. Yeah, and then my Warlord, I think I finally made it far enough, because it was turn three, I think I finally made it back there and I assaulted your veterans with my Warlord and the other Death Shroud. Yeah, I did and then like on the, one wound to a Death Shroud. And then well, the, the other unit, the so both my Death Shroud units basically killed both his vet squads, and I, I did like Scott said, he did one wound in close combat to the squad with my Warlord in it, and then the other squad did no wounds in close combat, but they killed one in Overwatch. Yeah, fucking shot shot one down on his way in. He did one rend and one normal wound, and I rolled a one on the normal wound and a fucking three on the rend, and he died to Overwatch. I was Got like, what a fucking two-wound cataphracty died to Overwatch <laughs> Bolters. Um, yeah. So, uh, so then at the end of that turn, all I have is four Death Shroud in one unit, a Land Raider with three hole points, a land raider that's about to die when the ten terminators charge it, 
and my warlord and four death shrouds standing on the objective in my backfield. That's all I have left. Yep. So after he loses dude, uh, that one of the death shroud on my side of the board in to overwatch and then they kill that vet squad. Well, now they're not in combat anymore. So I pour a bunch of last cannons into that unit. And I think I kill all but one of them because it doubles them out. You know, they're two yep. models, but they don't, they don't, uh, yeah. You know. Fired a Spartan into him and the last cannons on the Predator with the turret blown off. Yeah, a fucking boatload of them. So, yeah. uh, do that. And then my Warlord charges the one remaining Meltavet dude who is fleeing, kills him. And I try to use the consolidation to get closer to his last remaining Land Raider. And I'm, I'm like, I don't know, maybe seven inches away or something in some trees. Yeah. Uh, the Gorgons get to that other Land Raider on uh like his end of the table and kill that and yep. they're just kind of filling by, by themselves yeah. yep so then on my turn i have the one land raiders facing down a chain fist wielding praetor that he can't get away from and, th and then on the other end of the table i have my warlord and my death shroud and that's all i have left on the table so I had to get risky, so I just fucking backed up like three inches where both last cannons could see his warlord and shot at him and hope Scott failed a three up. And lo and behold, I did. <laughs> so I think I passed one, I rolled a three and like a two. And I had a three up save because I'm in cataphracty armor and I have a cyber familiar. So Yeah. So I kill I double I instant death his warlord, got rid of him, and then, like I said, I had a Land Raider and then the five Terminators left. And I think this was like turn four or five or something. I think it, this was yeah. the end of turn four because I went second. Yeah. So then your turn five, I just basically stood back there and protected the objective because I knew your Terminators may be able to make it over there because they can run because they're in standard yeah. Terminator armor or whatever. Yeah. And they don't have and then, anybody in cataphracty attached to them anymore. Yeah, and I wasn't too worried about my land raider. Like it wasn't. I can't score with it or whatever, and and it wasn't close enough to your objective anyway. So I just was kind of like shooting, trying to just shoot at units to try to kill them to try to earn attrition type thing. Yep. And then on your turn, your scorpiuses were out of range, so you moved and turbo boosted them on turn five so that you could shoot them on yep. turn six. And then you just started moving everything towards the objective, but you couldn't really get super close. No, no, I only rolled like, you know, a three, I think, on my run move for those Terminators. And I picked off that last uh, Death Shroud guy for the kill point. And I think. I oh, I charged your Spartan with one Death Shroud trying to fucking be a hero <laughs> and single hit it with a melt -a bomb and he whiffed. I, go, yeah. I looked at Scott and Scott's like, don't fucking one shot my fucking Spartan, I'll be mad. And I went, don't worry, I'm going to roll a two. And I rolled a die and rolled a two. And I went, Fire see, told out. you. <laughs> <laughs> and so Scott just backed up with the fucking Spartan and just shot him dead yeah. with all that shit. It wasn't no big deal. Shot him dead with the, the Predator missing its turret. And then the Spartan dumped its last cannons into the last remaining Land Raider. And I think I got it down to like a hole point or something, yep. but it didn't die. It still was alive, so... Right. So then I knew it was my turn six or yeah, that was and then he that was his turn six. Um so I knew so I didn't even play my turn six because I was the one going last. So he didn't have my objective, I didn't have his objective. He had killed two units turn one, but I had killed his warlord, so he was ahead by one point. 
but then we counted units for attrition, and I had killed nine units, and he'd only killed eight. So we were, he he lost attrition by one point, which then scored me a point, so it ended up a draw. <laughs> yeah. Would have really helped to kill that fucking Laird Raider last turn, but ah. <laughs> So, yeah. So it was a draw, technically, but Scott kind of whipped my ass. I, I, I had fucking... Like four models left or something. I it was a good time, man. Surely didn't feel game. like a victory. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Only takes one guy to uh, win the game. Yeah, for real. Just that one last dude with the computer in his hand holding the objective. <laughs> <laughs> the computer in his hand running away. <laughs> yeah. A can of Barbasol with the dinosaur DNA in it. Fuck it. <laughs> Make it a break for it through the woods. Dino DNA. That was us. That was it. That was beautiful. Sounds like two two clash clash of the titans right there, and the fact that y'all tied really. Uh... <laughs> yeah, really touched tips. So. <laughs> <laughs> Scott drove all that way. <laughs> Just he tie. got mother bears. He got pizza and wings out of it. He ain't mad. <laughs> What'd you think of the pizza and wings? It was great, man. I thought it was fantastic. I really like those garlic hot wings a lot. That doesn't sound like something I would like, like traditionally, but they they do those right. It was good. I want to try those at Gen Con. Garlic hot wings. That sounds right up my alley. They're fucking tasty, my man. Careful though. They they will fucking make your lips numb. So. Yep, they are pretty hot. All right. Let's get on some voicemails, dude. Some voicemails and some stories. Let's see what we got going on here. Okay. Let me see here. This voicemail is a two-parter, so I don't know which one's supposed to be played first. Hey, my name's Cole, and I think I owe you guys a story from, like, way back on the duck set. I just got continually distracted until now. I just started working... Yeah, well, I guess it's been about a year ago I started working in a small county jail up here, and you guys asked for a taser story. So this is my taser story, and we'll figure out if you guys want to hear more messages and if I'm ever going to leave you a voicemail again because I can barely stand my voice in real life. So this is a two-parter. I'll try to go kind of quick. A couple months in, everybody gets their taser, and as part of your taser training, you get tased. So there's four of us there. And we go through all the paperwork and stuff, and I sprinkle videos of other people getting tased through it. One of the first things you do is you go to this garage. They give you a blank cartridge and a regular cartridge. You're supposed to fire the blank cartridge, put the taser into safe mode, put the real cartridge in, and then fire that cartridge, you know, to make you think, like, if you ever had to reload or whatever the thing is. If you don't turn it into safe mode, when you take the blank cartridge out, you electrocute your hand. So the first guy who goes, of course, forgets to put it in, into blank mode, or into safe mode. So he shocks himself pretty good. And I can tell he is like visibly shaken by this experience. I'm like, oh man, I cannot wait to have that experience all over my body. <laughs> we go in, and a regular taser ride is five seconds long. You can cut it off by putting it back into safe mode. And so the sergeant asks, 
only two seconds. And Sebastian remembers and turns it off. A little bit later, it's my turn. And so I go up there, and there's two guys that hold you up while you get tased and then lower you down to the ground so you don't hurt yourself. And I'm standing there, and he tells you, ready? Yep. And you get tased, and I get hit in, like, the top right shoulder and then right below my ass cheek on my left leg. And every muscle in between them just contracts as hard as you've ever felt. Like, it's like those two points of your body are trying to meet each other. And that was the longest five seconds of my life. I don't think I've said anything. The two people had to be reminded to lower me gently to the ground because they were just holding me up while I shook. And I'm pretty sure I counted to five about 13 times while that was going on. Anyway, so the second part is... Okay, we got the second part. For one, I love his voice because, like, I feel like he's smoking a cigarette telling us this behind a bar. <laughs> like, like we're in the smoking area of, like, a bar. He's like, check this out. You've been tased. Let me tell you my taser story. Like, he's got, like, this, like, cool, like, raggedy voice, man. Let me tell you what it's like to get fucking tased. You boys want to get tased? Let me fucking tell you what it's like to get tased. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he doesn't like his voice. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Uh, that lady knew that I was leaving a two-parter, so here's part two. About two days later, I'm walking out with my new taser on my belt. Because you can't wear one until you've gone through the whole experience yourself. And one of the inmates come up to me and like, you got tased? Yes, I did. Well, how'd you like it? I told him I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> he told me, oh, I've already been tased before. So well, how'd it go for you? He said, well... I was standing there, and then I heard him say, Taser, 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 and I got real hot and woke up in the hospital. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and that's not really how tasers are supposed to work, so I went and did a little research about what had happened, and it turns out he got arrested in a Walmart parking lot. And in this Walmart parking lot, about three deputies had kind of pulled their cars up in a triangle around him, and he was all hopped up and fighting mad, and they told him several times, do not take... They're like, don't come any closer or you will be tased. He took that final fateful step and all three officers let fly. So he got hit by, you know, six different darts, three different tasers from three different directions, and he passed the fuck out. And, he, and sure enough, he still has a little bracelet from his hospital trip from getting tased by three different tasers at the same time. Anyway, I just wanted to give you guys the story because I promised it. Thanks for everything you do. You have a great day. <laughs> I just imagine Thank them you. all going at the same time. And he just goes, <laughs> just pops, <laughs> just a little, a little blood, like ghost. a fucking <laughs> vampire in the sun. Have you ever seen the movie Strange Wilderness? Yeah, of course I have. You know I have. You know Steve Zahn and fucking Justin Long. So that reminds me of. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about him getting his head cut off. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, also classic. <laughs> They, they fucking go into Bigfoot's cave and they're like, you know, he's probably just a misunderstood, beautiful creature. And if he was here in front of me right now, I would treat him with empathy. Then they turn around and he's there and he's like, oh, fuck, shoot him. But they like <laughs> fucking all these nuts into him and kill him. Hi, I'm Peter Galky. This is Strange Wilderness. Camped here, waiting to film Bigfoot. That's right, you heard me, Bigfoot. Animals have long been known as animals, not human. 
that have been described as stupid, cowardly, aggressive, dim-witted, <laughs> low beasts, eager to kill, low eager beast. to eat, eager to fornicate, eager to stampede, all. But is it animals we describe or is it mankind? Huh? Perhaps this Bigfoot creature can bridge the divide between us and them. Perhaps his gentle ways can teach us, remind us that peace and harmony are necessary if mankind is to hey, survive. Hey, oh, that is oh, oh, huh? oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> They just gun down Bigfoot. There's no. Oh. They hang him in the cave, and that's how they spit it when they do the they do the fucking documentaries. They're like, yeah. And by the time we found him, one we just had taken its toll, and he hung himself. <laughs> we found this suicide note. <laughs> oh, so dumb. That movie's so good. Strange Wilderness. Go go watch it. Oh, dude, so fucking funny, man. That's the most underrated movie of all time. Oh, my God. Uh, all right, the next email comes from Blake Smith, and we'll do his list later, but it says, First Tournament List Help and Loss Prevention Stories. It says, hey, dudes, let's get the preamble out of the way first off. Thank you for all you do. Okay, i read that later. In the past? Future. Past future? Yes. <laughs> all right on to my email uh okay da, 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 da. here's my list and as a payment a brief story so get through the list part and oh cool here we go neat okay so he sent us an actual story hey guys so first off your listener base deals with some fucked up stuff uh i haven't had the pleasure of shitting myself or having a friend named four-fingered frank i Never do work in loss prevention i've had a, yeah, a couple interesting things that happened to me over the years like when i thought someone was stealing in the back room and we put up a spy camera we found he was uh, using old coffee cups to take a piss in i had the pleasure of uh, personally disposing of the five cups i found well people are always defrauding my uh, unnamed what? company but the craziest shit comes from the shoplifters. Uh, I've been threatened with needles, chased a woman through a parking lot after she removed her heels to run faster, and, of course, assaulted. This one time, I was going to arrest a girl for passing fake traveler's checks, and I'm dragging her back to the office when she decides to make a phone call. I reach for it, and she bites my hand. Now I'm thinking, mm, fuck this, she's getting cuffed. So I put her on the ground, and when she starts screaming, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, of which I reply, then stop fighting me. She gets the phone back up to her face and yells, help me, Becky. So I reach for this phone again because I sure as hell don't need Becky being her backup. And she latches down onto my other hand. Damn. Now I had what an alcoholic calls a... Oh. Hey, guys. My hand. Now I'm thinking, mm, fuck this. She's getting oh, cuffed. So I latches down onto my other hand. Now I had what an alcoholic calls a moment of clarity. I thought to myself, the last thing I need is someone watching me beat on this proclaimed pregnant lady. So my training kicked in. I attempted to use the nonviolent intervention technique of applying pressure to the base of her nose to release this 
bite hold. Well, that shit didn't work. So then my second degree black belt took over and I applied a nice little figure four chokehold until she released my hand. I finally cuffed her to the bench and seconds later, the cops show up. That, they were very surprised I didn't beat the shit out of her. And when you take an ambulance ride to the hospital, it's a one-way trip. So I got to call my wife, ask for a ride home, but I did tell her the good news, that that lovely lady tested negative for STDs and that the baby was fine. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the story. Shout out to Maryland30K. Uh, come check us out on Facebook. Peace. <laughs> Guaranteed. So Shane, so Shane needs to make him a shirt that says, I choked out a pregnant lady. Is that all? That's what I got out of that story. <laughs> It's somebody's fetish. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> For real. <laughs> Dang, dude. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, it's that's a hard decision. You have to fight with yourself on that one. Like, so it takes a lot of restraint to not beat the shit out of somebody who's actively biting the fuck out of your hand. <laughs> oh man, that dude's lucky. That guy wasn't fuck. That chick's lucky. That guy wasn't fucking pro-choice, or else they'd be gone. <laughs> He'd have made a choice right there. <laughs> I'm a pro-choice boy tie fighter. I'm going to put a D through that baby's face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pregnant. Good, I know where to aim. <laughs> yeah, this got hurt then. <laughs> this... <laughs> Scott got real final solution on us right there. <laughs> I will. This I podcast... Will... This podcast is rated M.A. for womb crushing. <laughs> I'm pregnant. Then settle down or I will take the baby. <laughs> oh. oh, man. I wonder where he worked. I'm not supposed to say, but I'm assuming Walmart. We don't know that. We can make assumptions. I... I haven't seen any of that shit go down on Target. <laughs> I feel Either. like it's a Sears. I don't know. Every time I've been around shady things in a retail setting, it's been in a Sears. I, <laughs> Definitely I not work. Von Mar. Do what? Definitely not Von Mar. <laughs> no. I used to work at Sears, and this one time, uh, it was around Christmas, and we had these like uh, 50-inch televisions that were like, on the ground, like on display, still in their boxes. And these two dudes walk into the door, grab the TV on both sides, and walk out. And this old lady holds the door open for them and everything. And they just leave. <laughs> like, it was the coolest shoplifting I've ever seen in my life. Here's, here's the plan. We go in, we pick up the TV, and we walk right out the door. And we just walk out the door. And our LP at the time, our loss prevention, was like, well, that sucked. <laughs> Nobody tied these down. <laughs> it's like, I I guess we didn't think about it. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't think they would just walk in and grab them like that. <laughs> we didn't realize the balls that these people had. I didn't think their balls would fit through the door. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a good time. Minus, I mean, our, our dudes didn't get tasers, though. So, Or bit. <laughs> or bit. <laughs> Uh, I got a question on a 3D printer. Uh, it says, hi, Michael. I'm looking to get some 3D printer for terrain for Titanicus. Heard a while back on the podcast. Not sure which episode uh, that you've grabbed yourself a printer. Can you point me in the direction of any good tutorials to learn the ins and outs? Any recommendation on a quality starter printer would be helpful as well. 
I am away with work at the minute, but I will be doing the obligatory YouTube search when I get back home. Cheers, mucka. And glad you enjoyed the Iraq shit pit story. <laughs> no, I did not <laughs> enjoy that story at all. I told my dad about that story. And, oh, my God. Pretty sure he's going to throw up. Um, so, man, honestly, uh, so the printer that I got is it's called an AnyCubic Photon. It is a resin printer. It's actually a DLP resin printer. Uh, it uses a a projector, digital light projected screen, and it cures the resin using UV light. And it's super high fidelity. Uh, it's it's a it's a pretty badass printer, honestly. It gets a, it actually does get better resolution than the Shapeways Fine Ultra Detail. So, like, if you ever ordered anything from Shapeways. This would make better resolution than that. It's it's pretty badass. Um, as far as like tutorials on how to use that, there's tons of tutorials online from the actual company itself, AnyCubic, that uh, they show you how to like use the printer. Uh, there's actually a group on Facebook right now called AnyCubic Photon Owners, and all of them uh, uh, like they all teach you how to help and. If you're getting failed prints and stuff like that, they'll they'll walk you through how to uh, fix your prints and how to do different things. Uh, I actually cracked the screen on mine, and I used that group, and they actually showed me how to uh, how to repair that and how to get all that taken care of. So, I mean, it's a uh, it's a huge community right now for the Anycubic photons, and it's a uh, if I like I'm I'm brand new into 3D printing myself, so definitely. That's what I'm going to recommend, and I would honestly say, like, if you're going to get you know, that route, definitely get in that group because they will show you, like, how to how to level the printer, how to adjust your exposure rate because it's not as easy as just, like, hitting play and then your printer starts printing. Uh, when you go with different resins, which you once you're done with the, the trial resin and you start buying your own resins, uh, then you're going to have to, like, pick exposure times, pick bottom exposure times, and uh, all that different stuff for the light. And then, of course, you know, when you're with, with resin printing, because it's not, it doesn't support itself because it's not going to be uh, built up from the bottom. It actually holds on to a, holds on to the build plate and is put into the resin and taken out of the resin. Then you have to learn how to support all those, what they call islands of of the model itself, which are like, areas that extend beyond the actual physical model so it can't be built up on so you have to build supports and you have to build a giant raft that hangs on to the uh to the build plate itself there's a ton of stuff that goes into actually getting it to print but i mean if you're looking for something that's going to print terrain this will definitely print terrain i mean this will print models you can print shoulder pads you can print heads uh you can print anything i mean down to there's people that are printing uh, uh, seven millimeter models with this stuff. It's it's ridiculous, man. I'm talking tiny, tiny models are getting out of this, but it's uh super cool, man. Yeah, I've seen the the stuff he prints. And it's wild. Yeah, once you get it, man. Like once you does like once you get one, you print some stuff up from Shapeways, which is probably gonna be the first or not Shapeways from Thingiverse, which there's tons of upgrade bits on Thingiverse already. But once you start getting there, or you go to like STL Finder and like start looking up like different bits you can print up. Once you print your own stuff, it's like, wow, this thing paid for itself. And then once you go to the next step and start designing your own stuff and printing that, 
that's when things get real crazy because you go from designing something in the morning to printing it in the evening to priming it at night and it's like this is the future we're there like we are fucking there so hey scott yes how fucking dumb do you feel right now pretty dumb bro <laughs> yeah me too. i mean no dumber than usual that fucking helps but <laughs> yeah i feel like if you were here me and you would just go out back and like dig some holes and hit things with sticks <laughs> you're, you're lucky you didn't just look at my monitor and see me fucking spraying this aerosol bottle of zip kicker into my mouth <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> So yeah, that's well, what college does for you, kids. It does work. <laughs> so, so Mike, yeah, if you have any questions on it, or you have any like, if you want to get in that group, uh, add me as a friend on Facebook. Uh, it's facebook.com forward slash Mike Montalongo, and uh, you can just add me on there, and uh, I'll give you any. Actually, anybody that wants any tips on owning a photon, let me know. I've gone like I've broken a screen on this motherfucker. <laughs> like you don't get, you don't go back from that. Like <laughs> I, I've I've been to the inside of the photon itself. Me and my roommate both. So we got some we got some help on that. So anyway, so that's that. Hopefully that answered your three D printer story. Uh, so next up comes from ben ben said hello rfi i'm writing for a bit of help with my thousand sons and an industrial accident story payment will follow uh so we did the thousand sons in the future uh so my industrial accident story i used to work at a steel mill oh boy you boys better put your better better get your hearings on your your hearing aids in because buckle up boys (laughs) buckle up well, I didn't personally see anything truly gruesome. What the fuck? <laughs> Just throw my phone. Never mind. Lie to me. Come on. Yeah. Well, I didn't personally see anything truly gruesome during my three-year stint there. I did hear about plenty of horror stories. The story was a fatal. This story was a fatality that occurred at my facility while I worked there. I'm gonna be a little blunt here. This shouldn't have happened. Didn't. Oh, this is a steel mill. I'm thinking of a lumber mill, where that dude shit his pants in the story yeah that's right because i thought i was reading the same story but no anyway um this incident occurred at the very end of a production at the facility the truck loading area basically big trucks line up in this open warehouse area while overhead cranes load them up with huge steel coils once loaded the truck drives away and the next line next in line moves up this process takes a while as, and there are a decent amount of trucks in the warehouse at any given time waiting to be filled. This story begins with a truck driver sitting his truck waiting to be loaded. He notices a facility employee walking around the trucks taking note of what trucks are waiting, presumably to notify the cranes what to put where. She was caught up in her work and didn't notice another truck starting to back up towards her. The driver, observing this, saw what was happening but figured that the facility worker could hear the backup horn it would move out of the way shortly. 40 feet, 30 feet, 20 feet, 10 feet. She's still just mulling in the truck's path. At this point, the witness starts honking his horn to get her attention, but she was just still oblivious. Then, like a sad <laughs> recreation of the Austin Powers steamroller scene, she got run over by the truck and died. Oh my god. This is the second time that this steamroller scene has come up. It was in the in this in episode. The, in this episode, it's in the future part of this episode. Yep. 
<laughs> Fuck. What? No! Just so Scott just so Scott knows we talked about putting melt bombs on vets and a rhino. And if you if you actually manage to melt a bomb something with vets coming out of a rhino, then your opponent is basically like the dude from the Austin Powers movie going, No And then he still gets ran over. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think something some people are just quite oblivious to their surroundings, despite the company drilling the habit of observing your work environment into your head. People lose their lives due to simply not knowing what is going on. Keep that in mind when you work in potentially dangerous areas. Complacency kills. Thanks again, Ben. Damn I want to point out that Mike is gone during a death story. Just, just, just casual. I don't know what that says about him. I'll let you guys uh, make the judgment call on that about what that means but casual death i've worked at this podcast long enough to know (laughs) that you could die a much more brutal way than a five mile per hour crushing by a truck oh yeah so dang dude poor lady all right this one comes from lawrence says, Taser and Exploding Corpse Stories. Y'all ready for that one? Greetings, gents. Love your work and what you guys do to the community. Having consumed far too much bourbon, I've gone onto Forge World's website and am currently dribbling over new toys. On that alcohol-fueled note, if you have a moment, could you help me write a 2.5 death death guard list running the Reaping Rod of War? Usually I go in for close combat-oriented lists. Okay, because he loves the idea of hordes. Who was this? Uh, this was Lawrence. Did so, I get? I don't think I've written this list yet. Huh. Anyway, I'll get to it. Okay. Maybe I didn't receive the list. Anyway, go ahead with the story. Okay, you guys have the. Okay. Uh, love the idea of hordes of infantry marching across the table under a barrage of heavy weapons fire in the true 14th style. But you guys have carte blanche to do whatever you would do what you do best. Unfortunately, where I live, there are very few animals capable of killing or maiming you in weird and wonderful ways, so I cannot offer you any gruesome stories involving animal attacks. But that does not mean I have come empty-handed. Instead, there is an offering of rules to a new and exciting game that is sweeping the nation. Alternatively, you can have a story about an exploding corpse. Both are listed below for your amusement. Look forward to hearing from you boys, and thanks again for the podcast. You make commuting bearable. Okay, so the first one's called Taser Bomb. Uh, In a certain government agency, which shall remain nameless, a new and exciting game has been developed. The name of this game is Taser Bomb. First disclaimer, this game has neither been played or witnessed by the author. Apparently, when being transported from place to place in a minivan containing around eight people, employees of this particular agency get bored. In order to make sure people are awake in the front seat, the front seat passenger will move the cartridge from an old X-26 Taser, This removes the range capacity from the taser and essentially turns it to a small handheld cattle prod. The passenger will then pull the trigger, causing the taser to activate. Electricity will flow the spark between the two points of the front of the weapon for five seconds or until the safety is reapplied. The front passenger then shouts, Taser bomb, whilst pulling the trigger and throws the sparking taser into crew compartment of the van. (laughs) 
Hilarity <laughs> follows <laughs> as people try to either catch or get out of the way of the crackling box of sparky angriness. <laughs> this game was played until recently until allegedly some dickhead forgot to unload their taser and ended oh, up firing fuck. a live cartridge into the roof of their vehicle. Cue all sorts of awkward questions from higher-ups, downloading of weapons, and lots of people having to explain why there had been several hundred unaccounted for taser activations in the last six months. <laughs> several hundred. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> How, like, getting a live taser thrown at me doesn't sound like fun. They did it several hundred times? I feel like I'd be chilling, and then some dude would just, like, <laughs> like. Hey, guys, knock, knock. Who's it? Taser bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Worked at a Napa and we threw firecrackers at each other, but that's not near as bad. (laughs) Dude, I don't. uh, I feel like I'd just be sitting there just like on my phone and what the fuck? And I'd be down. I'd be down now. The next one's called Corpse Roulette. As for the exploding corpse story, here you are. Asking a law enforcement employee what is one of the most unpleasant jobs you have, you can be dispatched to, and the I haven't seen my neighbor for a few weeks, and now there's a bad smell coming to their apartment, and there are flies at the windows call, will feature heavily. <laughs> <laughs> so gross, dude. Did I ever tell you? Oh, dude. Uh, I got a story for this after this. Mainly because you know exactly what's waiting for you on the other side of the door. My partner and I were sent on one such call. We arrive at the venue and we meet an ambulance crew who had arrived before us. On walking up to the door, there's an unmistakable, overpowering smell of decomposing body. Body armor and everything else is not is that body armor and everything else that is not possible to burn is taken off because once that smell gets in your kit, it will not come out. My crewmate and I had been working together for a few months and had dealt with a few of these calls before we had developed a novel way of deciding who would do the paperwork? We call it corpse roulette because after seeing some of the really messed up stuff that you would see on a daily basis, you needed to develop a very dark sense of humor. Otherwise you would go insane. Essentially the first person would go through the door, picks a room to search for the corpse. This goes on until someone finds a body and whoever finds it has to put a pin to paper. Anyway, the door goes in and Anyway, the door goes in, and a wave of flies. Grandfather Nurgle would be proud of charges at us. After letting them get their freedom, the search begins. I put the first door in. Nothing. Partner does the second door. No corpse. But the smell's getting stronger. The third door, which happens to be a bathroom, is slightly ajar, and it appears to be the source of the flies. I go in, and lo and behold, dead body. It appears that this poor person had died Elvis style on the toilet and had fallen off the throne and and wedged himself between the bathroom wall and the toilet. Well, we thought they were dead. Well, we thought they were dead until we saw their face was still moving. What the fuck? Frantically, we called medics forward thinking the poor individual was still alive. Oh, fuck. Unfortunately, they what had actually happened was that the fly had laid eggs in this poor person's skin. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> keep reading who wrote this gap thorpe like what is <laughs> so gross uh, had laid eggs oh. in this poor person's skin and they had hatched and the movement of the maggots made it look like the face was moving the medics took one look at the person and pronounced all the spot He's yawning again, folks. <laughs> and retreated to a safe distance to do the paperwork and escape the smell. 
So far in the grand scheme of things, this had been an unpleasant but routine call. All was going well until the undertakers arrived to remove the body to the morgue. So that's a job? Like an undertaker's a job? I thought the cops did that. So there's just like a dude dedicated to like getting the body and taking it to the morgue? I think yeah. it's the coroner. It's the coroner yeah. does that. Oh, that sucks. That blows. Poor guy. That dude's never going to be right. Normally, the Undertaker wears suits and are quite dignified in their conduct. When they walk into the house, take one look at the body, walk around, and return in a hazmat suit, you know something's <laughs> not quite right. <laughs> oh, fuck. At this point, being slightly longer in service than my partner and realizing that something bad was about to happen, I miraculously found something else to be doing in another room. A few moments later, I heard my crewmate shout, and then a stench of what can only be described as Grandfather Nurgle's morning breath hit me. Oh, dude, it's like I can I can like barely smell this like like in my throat. <laughs> that spoiled meat smell smells kind of like dirty socks and shit uh. mixed in it. What? Running into the other room, I found my crewmate and Undertaker standing in an ever-expanding pool of guts and maggots. To this day, I have no idea what happened in that room. The only thing that my partner would say that the moment the Undertakers were unwedging the body from the toilet, and then next thing they knew, the body just exploded, covering the room in dead person. Somehow, the Undertakers managed to pour most of this person into a body bag and then left. <laughs> pour? Ugh. Leaving us with the joyous task of, ugh, of informing the next of kin about the death of their loved one and how their parting gift to them was to redecorate the bathroom in a completely organic style. Sometimes I love my job. <laughs> oh, man. Whew. Whew. That, was a, that was a good one. <laughs> that was, that was you got to burn that one in place, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> right here, dude. Like, right here. The whole story. Like, I was talking the whole story through this. <laughs> Through this part of my throat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, easy there, buddy. They had to bury that in a mop bucket. <laughs> oh, good story. Thank you, Lawrence. Uh, man, keep those stories coming. Actually, both 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 of you keep the stories coming. Uh, the more the more the better. Cause, good lord. Uh, okay. So, next one comes from Joe. It's not super interesting, but it's worthwhile reading. Read on Industrial Accident Story because 520-somethings getting high in the woods is only so interesting. I worked for a company that subcontracted to the aerospace industry and built the parts for the parts of the airplane. My buddy Pete had gotten me the job, and I good old Pete, dude. There's always a Pete just willing to help you out. Like, oh. Anybody you can describe as my buddy Pete. He's an okay guy in my book. Yeah. My buddy Pete's the guy who's going to go, you know what? I was actually driving officer. That's my that's my weed in the car. <laughs> Good old Pete. Getting people jobs. Uh, my buddy Pete had got me the job, and I'd be working there for a few months, and my job was to run various manual machines in the shop and get the orders ready to ship for the morning crew. The That night, I'd gotten my orders done early, and my lead man sent me to the DeBoer. To the DeBoer. Sorry. I was trying to read that all French and fancy, but it's really just the D-Burr. The Dubois. <laughs> That's the Dubois. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, D-Burr is a part of the machining process where you smooth the parts and make sure nothing catches all in the part. I had been given the extreme, extremely joyous task of using the grinder the size of a small child to D-Burr bolts, nuts, etc. 
I was working diligently through my shift and no incident as usual. I'm a welder by trade, so I'm used to grinders. That is until my lead man sent my buddy, the same buddy who got me the job, to help run parts. We're standing there, shooting the shit, and arguing about what music to play on the speaker. And of course, dumber as a dumber does, I go to grind a part, the part <laughs> catches the grinder, and takes my index finger with it. Oh shit. <laughs> well, I'm fucking screaming bloody murder. Half my fingertip is covered in blood, and my buddy is cursing. We don't want to let the lead man know, so I run to the first aid box. My buddy runs to the shipping department, and we met. We meet back at the station with a bottle of super glue and a bottle of disinfectant and enough gauze to keep a baby warm at night. <laughs> what a cool... <laughs> wow. Don't, don't tell mom. <laughs> Worst part, shift ends at 15. It's Friday night, and no one wants to fill out the paperwork. It's easy to say that on Monday there were three grown men who were very happy to lie about not knowing where all the blood stains on the shop floor came from. Cheers, guys, and I still haven't gotten a bit of my finger back. Oh, my God. <laughs> Send us a picture of your fucked up finger, Joe. <laughs> I'd love to see that. And uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely, I mean, the choice of words for that, enough gauze to keep a baby warm at night. That's could, a lot of could, gauze. You could swaddle a child in that, that much gauze. <laughs> So that reminds me of a story my dad told me once. He had, him and his friends were doing stupid shit, and they were trying to jump on a train, and like a slow-moving train through town, and like ride it to the other side of town, just being asshole kids. This was in the 70s. This was when he was a little kid. And one of his buddies grabbed a hold, and then the train was going, and they fell, and they landed on just like a old discarded railroad spike. Oh, shit. Like on the side of the track, and it went through their love handle. The fat of their side, this fucking railroad spike went in them and cut them real bad. And like the fat was coming out of the skin right there. Like the actual fat was kind of hanging out and he didn't want to tell his parents. So they went back to my dad's house and my grandmother pushed the fat back in and stitched him up <laughs> with a sewing <laughs> needle and thread. Holy I don't know what ever happened. That's all I know about the story. I don't know if he died. Of an infection, or <laughs> if he ever told his parents, just, just lock, lock that tetanus in there. <laughs> just locked it in. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's the fucking seventies. People were tougher then. Like this, just is what it is. The railroad spike through the side. Just fucking have my grandmother just stitch it on up. <laughs> my dad told me that uh, whenever he was a kid, and their dogs would get hurt. My apparently my my great grandpa, my dad's grandpa would take some fucking uh, some car grease and just go and just slap it on the dog's wounds like just like to seal the dog's wounds up which is like oh i mean that's how that's where vaseline came from like the idea behind it like you just slap grease on those big ass wounds of the dogs huh yeah car grease (laughs) oh god damn it anyway those those dogs go take off and uh, they'd heal. They'd end up healing. Like <laughs> they just seal it shut. <laughs> Keep all that oxygen That's from getting. His way of those. saying thank you. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking funny, man. Old timers are hard, hard as shit. Okay, let me see. Let me make sure this is all the stories out of the way before we get to Chase Chase's story. Here we go. 
This one comes from Brad. He calls himself Bear Puncher Brad. So he says, hi, Ryan, Bear Puncher Brad here. So we'll see. So about three years ago now, I was enjoying a beautiful Memorial Day at home. Uh, One of my dogs had decided that he needed to go to the bathroom, so I decided to walk out into my yard with him. My home is a townhouse with a long fence-in yard, so it adds privacy in the middle of a tightly built-up neighborhood. While my dog was taking care of business, an 11-pound Boston Terrier whom thinks who weighs 200 pounds, I heard a cat crying from somewhere. Being that I live in a small city, cats are not uncommon, so I didn't think twice about it. My dog finished up and started walking towards the house, so I turned and started walking back myself. I was walking in front of him and expected him to be right away heel. Well, I heard a struggle, and as I turned around to see a stray cat attacking my dog. I jump into action because nobody fucks with my dogs. I kick the cat off of him and scoop him up. The cat then proceeds to charge my right leg and latch on. I proceed to kick this cat <laughs> off of my leg with the goal of getting him on over my fence five times. But like this cat was possessed by Satan, kept coming back for more. Dude, have you ever been attacked by a cat, man? Like that's real. Like they do not let up. Like that's- oh, there's a there's a fucking YouTube video. Uh, okay, so here's the new the new video that makes Scott laugh until he pisses himself. Because this one's better. I think this is better than the car hitting the bear. No such thing. Uh, there's a video of this lady, and she's outside, and this cat keeps literally jumping on her face. Oh fuck! And this cat, this little like five, and she like literally grabs it and throws it like sailing through the air. Like a fucking frisbee, and it'll land and just runs right back at her and goes like right back at her face. It's like that raccoon that was attacking that dog on the stairs. That guy yeah. picks it up and throws it into the darkness. Ban- yeah, banishes it to the the, the nether <laughs> to the <realm>. underworld, <laughs> the shadow realm, the shadow realm. Yeah. Uh, okay, but this cat was possessed by Satan. Kept coming back for more. I finally get to my back door and close it as this cat is charging towards me. My dog was not injured, but upon inspection, the cat had bitten clean through my jeans three or four times, causing large puncture wounds into my shin. I proceed to call the police, since our town doesn't have animal control. They arrive, and I show them the cat, which is still waiting for me on the porch. The cops open my back door, and the cat charges at him. He jumps back and closes the door. (laughs) He then proceeds to hand me a card of a woman who runs an animal rescue and takes care of stray cats. (laughs) That cop's like, her problem now. Uh, he then proceeds to tell me, without actually telling me, if she is a bitch, shoot the cat. <laughs> I then proceed to call her, and she is indeed the biggest mega bitch I've ever met. Now, I grew up in the woods, hunting and trapping when I was younger, and I've seen my share of rabid animals, and this cat was 100% rabid. <laughs> like, he's he's putting this, like, this preamble in there <laughs> because we know what's going to happen. Like... <laughs> Long story short, this woman tells me that in her 23 years she has been working with cats, she has never (sighs) seen a rabid cat. But she says if I can trap it, she will come and pick it up. So now I have to trap this damn cat to see if it has rabies. I put my pistol in my belt and grab my trash can from the front. I go back out, back, and trap the cat in the trash can relatively easily. How? I then proceeded to go to the doctor, even though the woman I had just talked to probably told me I didn't have to go. I get to the ER, and by the time I left, I had a total of 26 shots, four of which were directly into the puncture wounds caused by the cat. 
I head home to meet this bitch cat lady and find her waiting for me outside my house, where she proceeds to give me a peace of mind since she had to wait. Not in the mood for a fight, I take her to the trash can where I've trapped the cat. She made it now she made it known how appalled she was that I had trapped the cat in a trash can. She takes the cat into her custody, and since I had expressed to the police that I thought it was rabid, she had to put it in quarantine. Well, later that day, the cat dies and gets sent to the state. Then, a day after that, I get a call from the cat lady. Her words were exactly, Well, you won the lottery. That cat was the first cat in my career with rabies. I proceeded to spend the next 15 minutes bitching her out because she hadn't advised me that I didn't need medical treatment. Had I been dumb, I would be dead now. In the next two months after I had five more visits to the ER for rabies boosters and no doctor's <coughs> office had the vaccine, the entire cost to my insurance, of which I had to pay a small fraction, $24,000. My Whoa. advice to all, fuck cats, fuck cat ladies, and always pay extra for health insurance. Thanks, and Bear Puncher Brad. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Well... I'm just picturing the fucking rabbit, Monty Python. <laughs> Boom! Jesus I, Christ! I sent you the video, Scott. Oh, man, dude. Hey, that... hey I'll check it out. My phone's dead. Oh, hey, okay. I go. Have a nice night. Hasta luego. Alright, see you, Scott. Right, Scott. He's gonna miss part three of the chase story. Oh, yeah, I've seen this. She's kicking that shit at that cat to get it out of there, and it just ruins her life. Watching that cat video. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's like a heat-seeking oh, missile for her face. Oh! <laughs> that was a... That cat fucking took her down. What's, what's crazy is, as soon as, like... As soon as she realizes that she's afraid, that cat just, like, gets full fucking, like, dominance on her. She's like, that's right. You're gonna, you're gonna kick snow on me, lady? You're gonna kick snow on me? Yeah. That cat made it to her face so quick with, like, such grace. Hit her with the fucking RKO. Oh, God, that cat's actually coming up to the fence. Like, oh, let me in. Oh. But, yeah, I thought what he was going to say in that story, I thought he was going to open the trash can onto that lady and, like, launch a cat <laughs> at her. That's what, that's what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> but still, man, 24 grand. I'm sorry to hear that. If you set up a GoFundMe, I'll donate money to it because I'm sorry that you had to go through that. And the, I heard those rabies boosters are not fun. So That sucks. All right. So here's the final story to the retro special. So, hey, guys, Chase again. So to recap, Adam's still in jail and likely by now initiated into the Latin Kings. Chris and the Asian girls are inside the club dancing and having a good time. Then there's me. Head gushing in blood, bounced out of a club, unaware of my injuries, without my friends. But for some damn reason, very goddamn optimistic. <laughs> so here goes the final part of our tale. So I'm up Ship Creek without a paddle, for sure. Luckily, I still have my phone, wallet, but still very, very, very drunk. Like, white's at the party drunk that says she can... Like, white girl at the party drunk that says she can fight the biggest guy drunk. Nah, sweetie. So I look right, look left... And choose to go left up the strip. Mind you, it's like now 2 a.m. for clarification, but still mega busy on the strip. Fast forward a bit, I'm now appropriately like a mile down the strip in front of a strip mall. Tattoo joints, liquor stores, and shit all around. A few street urchins keep giving me dirty looks. I start to get weirded out. 
that these night walkers keep eyeing me and shit, so I naturally get pissed and yell back, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> they just laugh and continue, <laughs> trying to score drugs and shit. Uh, just laugh and continue trying to score drugs and shit. Now I get skeptical and see myself in the reflection of the glass. Oh, fuck. I see the damage. Blood all over my hair, forehead, etc. But all dried up and shit, so I start to clean myself up with my spit shirt and spit. But halfway into the event, I black out again like some epileptic kid. <laughs> shit, he touched his brain. <laughs> <laughs> I come back into focus a few miles up the strip and end up in a small go-kart place. I'm in line to pay for a race behind four high school kids. They pay for their rides and head into the track, and I'm like, fuck yeah, can't drunk drive, but can definitely go drunk go-kart, right? So I proceed <laughs> to the register, and the lady is looking down at her computer, typing away for another ticket. She then takes a quick cursory glance at my way, kind of like the way a principal looks during detention when she thinks kids might be up to something. Well, yep, she didn't approve my shit. Nope. She got a scared look in her face, and I tried to pay. And mind you, this is how I tried to pay. I leaned over the counter and pulled my phone out of my pocket and attempted to slide it her way across the counter with an expression like, yeah, that's what I offer you as payment. <laughs> <laughs> I am trading you my beat-to-shit phone for admission, like some Neolithic bartering market where money didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> She called her mechanic guy, Larry, and he told me to get the fucking lost or they would call the cops. So once again, I'm fucked and heading back up the strip. But as I head up the strip, I start to get hungry. So I glance up the road and see a 7-Eleven. Fuck yes. So I run up a few hundred meters to the 7-Eleven. As I get about 10 to 20 meters away, it hits me. It's the same fucking 7-Eleven that swallowed up Adam 12 or so hours earlier. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> I then head inside looking for some delicious Doritos. But before I can get inside, I calm myself and say, man, just be casual. You'll be okay. Nope. Definitely walk in there like a wolf of Wall Street on Quaaludes. I make it to the ATM and try for 10 minutes to desperately withdraw money using my Visa card, but can't get the combination right and continue to fail. As this is going to be, as this is going on, Lady the Register has already called the police and they are en route to the 7-Eleven. Gotta love cops. I know for a fact you weren't watching for cops, Derek. It comes on at 8. <laughs> so now, big ass cop man walks in and sees me at the galactic at me, the galactic shitbird at the ATM trying to perform an exorcism to get my money. I turn around and realize I'm fucked. I guess I'll try and find a fight a gang and find a gang to protect me in jail also. He asks the typical questions, why are you here, what happened to your face, what the hell, etc. I give him what I remember from the story, tell him I'm trying to join the military, etc., and he buys it. Calls me a cab, escorts the cab back to the Irish Inn, and even pays for the cab when I get out. Must have been a jarhead. Rah. Hoorah. I walk up to the room to see Chris and the Asian girls all drinking in the room, and I walk in like a fucking champion. Later that morning, we all wake up and walk down to the local diner called the Omelet House and each order the $3 retro special. Best victory meal ever. Fuck yeah, boys. Retro special. One cheese omelet. Two pieces of bacon. Two sausages. One side of hash browns. One side of grits. Two pieces of buttered toast. Thanks again, fellas. Adam was still in jail. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, uh, so that's the Chase Chase trilogy there. Powerful Trace trilogy. The uh, the PCT. Hopefully, you'll send more in Chase because you are one hell of a storyteller, and uh, we're just happy to have you here. What a, like? How that do you end one. up at a golf like a, a go kart place though? That's open at two a.m. Yeah, like that's that's tight. That's definitely like a a what do you call it? Like a a party town there. Oh yeah, has to be. Super cool if for that you, cop. If you work at a fucking go-kart course that's open at 2 a.m., send us your fucking stories. <laughs> for real, guys. If you do want to send us stories, guys, you can send them to Michael at Warhammer30k.com, Michael at Warhammer30k.com, or you can call in our voicemail line. That's uh, 209-RFI-30K0. Just call in, and it'll let you leave a voicemail. It'll only let you leave a voicemail for so much amount of time, so you may have to call back and leave the second part of the story, like we saw in this episode. Uh, also, if you're international listener and you don't have the long-distance money to make that call, but you want to use the free internet that I'm sure that they all give you in the UK or Europe or whatever, then you can just uh, email me a uh, MP3 file or whatever you record, and we'll play the story live on air. Uh, we get stories every week, guys, and I love We do them. not screen them. We do not screen the stories. They come straight. So, at your own risk. So... That's all the stories we have for this week. Uh, me and Ryan will sit back and do some list and some email questions. Do you want to talk that? about uh, the uh, DMD? Oh yeah, on the twenty eighth, we got to talk about that. Let's let's uh, let's touch base on that real quick. So guys, uh, coming up next week, uh, that's gonna. Oh no, that's in two weeks. No, that's in a month. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's in a month and two weeks. Uh, So July 28th, guys, it's going to be the uh, Heresy Against DMD event. Uh, So Freddy the Swede, he put together an event uh, that is Heresy Against the Deshane Muscular Dystrophy. Uh, So on the 28th, there will be a a telethon of all your favorite podcast listeners, or your favorite Horace Heresy podcast, uh, Varangian Heresy, the Rim Rester Retreat, uh, Northern Heresy, Age of Darkness podcast, Coming Under Fire, uh, Eye of Horus, or whatever their name is now. Um, uh, I think Edge of Empire is going to be there as well. I think I, 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 I'll have to see on all. It's basically all the Heresy podcasts that are on our wheel uh, will be there, and uh, it's going to be a live telethon. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be live streamed. And for as long, I think it's going to be a 24-hour live stream of us talking. You can jump in the chat. You can talk back to us and them. Uh, we'll come on in spurts. It'll be like, you know, uh, Age of Darkness will take a couple hours. Uh, TFL will take a couple hours. RFI will take a couple hours. And we'll just keep uh, uh, separating amongst I'm sure we'll that. cross the streams, too. We always do. We always cross the streams like you're not supposed to. Uh, and it's not going to be, I mean, there will be some heresy related material in there, but I guarantee it's just going to be bullshit docking. It's going to be just wild stuff the entire time. Uh, you can come in there, you can join the chat, you can ask questions, you can share your stories that can, and who knows, we invite people on the air. Uh, but during this entire cast, we're going to be, uh, uh, raising money for a Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Uh, they're supposed to be announcing the prizes this week. Uh, there is going to be a drawing that they have every year. Uh, last year they gave away an entire night house 
the year before they well, actually they gave away two entire night houses that were custom painted and then the year before they actually gave away a warlord titan uh so we'll see what the prizes are going to be this year and we'll announce that next episode uh but definitely definitely stay tuned for that and uh if you're looking to get more information on that definitely go check out the Frankie and heresy podcast and they will have that information up on their facebook page on how to donate you can start donating now to get the raffle tickets already so so rock and roll thank you for the reminder derek that's what i'm here for so saying that we'll go ahead and push this episode out to you guys and get you some emails and lists so <laughs> all right guys so let's go ahead and we got some emails with lists and uh some of these are going to be for discussion so the last thing we're gonna do is the 2500 point uh dro- thousand suns drop assault vanguard list and a 3000 point salamander uh armored assault or armored breakthrough armored breakthrough uh armored list. breakthrough but we do have some uh some questions that came to us over emails so let's see what we got here first one comes from smith powerful smith it says hey dudes first let's get the preamble out of the way first thank you for all you do you put out a ton of content which makes me my long drive is more bearable. I also want to explicitly thank you for posting the show notes. Uh, you said no one thanks you for when things go right, so there. Also, Ryan, you're the wisest sage of 30K. Michael, your soft and melodic tones give you an excellent radio voice. And Scott, you're just fucking hilarious. So, wow, thank you, Smith. You're, you're a charmer. All right, on to the email. I'm attending Nova, my first con after playing 40K for 25 years. I was always intimidated to attend the whack 40K competitions, but 30K actually got me painting an army and made me buy my ticket. I need help getting a 3,000-point list together for the Excruciatus event, which the event packet outlines the following restrictions. None go nuts. So I have been told I am to expect Primarchs and Super Heavies. Uh, Just a note, I picked the 15th Legion before Book 7 came out, so don't hate. I was thinking about running the the weaker ride of war, the Axis of Disillusion. Uh, the base of the list are two 20-man attack squads with apothecaries sitting fearless on objectives to be the core of the gun line. Then to have a dick-punching squad of Magnus and Sekhmet to levitate up the board and take some revenge for Prospero. I'll probably take Biomancy on Magnus so there'll be none of those D-Novas shenanigans i mean there is a line right well i mean if it's well actually the biology mag or biomancy magnus is the worst magnus in my opinion we'll get to that and why (laughs) go ahead and finish okay so he said here's the list i'm working on and as payment a brief story where i took care of the story part Uh, i don't work in any exciting environments where heavy machinery decapitates people on a daily basis but i found a few interesting fights with shoplifters uh thanks for helping uh so his list has Aramon, a Master of the Signal, an Artificer Armor. Uh, he's got a Colt Arcana, which is Corviday, and uh, Master Level 1. Uh, then he's going to put that guy in the Heavy Support Squad. Uh, then under his Elite Choices, he's got an Apothecary, on de- apothecary de- Detachment, uh, Colt Arcana Raptora, so Telekinesis, and uh, it's got a Combat Blade, and that's about it. So it's just got two Apothecaries that are Raptora Apothecaries. Uh, then he's taking a Contemptor Mortis Dreadnought with Twin Carries. Uh, it says MVP for most battles is what he wrote. So 
Should be, uh, I guess it's one of the ones you want to always throw in there for him. Uh, Legion Quad Motor Squad with uh, Colt Akana Corvidae, which is a divination. And it's uh, Legion Rapier Battery with Shatter Shells. I took two of those. So two separate units of that. Oh, no. Yeah, two separate units. Yep, might as well. Uh, then in his troop choice, he took a Legion Tactical Squad, 20 Legionnaires. Uh, they have bolters, and the, the sergeant has Artificer Armor and Power Fist. Uh, the Colt Arcana is Corvidae. Uh, he divination. took that unit twice, that exact same unit twice. So two 20-man blobs. Uh, then he took a Sekhmet Terminator Cabal, 505 points worth. Uh, Colterkana, Raptorus, Telekinesis, uh, Tataris, Terminator Armors. Uh, Sekhmet Interceptor has a four-sword combi weapon, 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 all plasma guns. Uh, chain Fist, Plasma Gun, Chain Fist, Plasma Gun, Chain Fist, Plasma Gun, Chain Fist, Combi, Plasma Gun. So that is a ridiculous unit that will eat you up well that's too many four swords he needs to throw some axes in there yeah he's got some chain fists in there to break swords. it up but i do agree on the i mean at least he's he's being cool about it he's taking the raptora with the telekinesis which is brutal but he's putting them in tartaros so they're just getting the four up save instead of three up so i applaud you sir <laughs> you get to run with your extended vulnerable save uh, so yeah, so now he's also in his heavy support SWAT. He's taking the Castellax Archaea Battle Manipole. Uh, and he's taking two, two of, of the Castellax Archaea with a uh, Malter bolt pattern bolt cannon. Is it Malter or is it Mauler? I feel like it's Mauler. But I guess it's Mauler. Yeah, I don't know. It's Mauler. I don't even think it's Mauler. I think it's something else. I don't know. Who gives a fuck? There's a T it's in the there. It's the basic gun. It's the basic so, gun. If I read it, it's wrong. It's because it's spelled wrong. But I, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm like a, a Ron Burgundy. If it's in front of me, I'm gonna read it. Um, so fuck you, San Diego. Uh, Legion Fire Raptor gunship with uh, four wing-mounted Hellstrike missiles, and then two independent ball turret-mounted quad heavy bolters. So find ten bolters. points and put fucking auto cannons on there. <laughs> God damn it, this isn't 40k. <laughs> Those heavy bolters aren't going to do shit. Uh, then he's got a Legion Heavy Support Squad with Colterkana Corvidae Divination, which is seven Legion Space Marines with missile launchers. And Artificer Arbor has Augury Scatter. They are uh, Red War Axis Dissolution, Lord of War, Magnus the Red for 494, 5, 495 points. So, oh, so his name is actually Blake, not just Smith, like I said. So his name's Blake. So, yeah, there's that. So here's the thing. Biomancy Magnus is not very nice. Here's why. You automatically start with Smite, which is Strength 4, AP 2, right? Yep. Well, Magnus, if you cast Minor, Wrath, Strength. So your average roll on two dice is seven. So if you roll average, it goes to Strength D. So you get a four-shot D weapon if you roll average. He also doubles the range. So I believe Smite is 12, maybe? I, can find I don't out. know. 
it doesn't matter. You, you do what you got to. It, it's not that important. Even it, it's, let's say it's 12, it goes to 24. So you're shooting four 24 inch D shots. That's fucking far enough. Um, it might actually be further than that. It might be 18 or 24 already. I don't know. But, uh, it's range 18. So okay, it's so it's 36 inch. inch. So if you roll average, you're going to shoot four D shots at range 36. What, then what, what? you're going to get to roll four, five times on Biomancy. So you're guaranteed to get five of these six powers. You're either going to get Iron Arm, which makes him uh, Strength 10, Toughness 9, and, uh, or you're going to get Warp Speed, which gives him three extra attacks, three extra initiative, which makes him like I think like eight attacks and initiative like nine or something like that. Yep. Um. Uh, or you're gonna get Life Leech, which is a strength six AP two power that if you deal wounds with it, you gain wounds back. And once again, if you Mind Wrath that, your average roll is seven. So I mean, all you gotta do is roll a five on two dice. And it goes to strength D, so that's a possible another two D shots. And I believe it's range pretty far, so it's probably 18. at least range 36. So it's that's another 36-inch range. So now you're up to six 36-inch range D shots a turn, possibly. Um, then you got Endurance, which is the another crazy power. So it, you can give your Sekhmet a four-up fucking feel-no-pain save, and it will not die, and Eternal Warrior. Or no, Eternal Warrior comes from uh no, that's endurance. Thing. No, that's endurance. It is eternal. They get, okay. Yeah, there you yeah, go. They get Eternal Warrior, Feel No Pain, and Relentless. Okay. So what's it will not die? Is that under Iron Arm? Uh No, that's Smash. That's plus three to strength and toughness and gain smash. Yeah, you don't uh, smash doesn't do anything. Uh, anyway, don't it don't matter. It gives them it will not die. Okay. So the so those are some possibles there. So what is that? I've covered warp speed, life leech. Oh, enfeeble. Enfeeble is minus one strength and toughness on an enemy unit. It's really good. Um. So really, the only shit power in biomancy is hemorrhage. That is it. That is the only shit power. So you're guaranteed to get uh two two of the the three really good ones, which are Endurance, Warp Speed, and and Iron Arm. And, and then you're automatically going to get... Yeah. yeah. So, you, there's... It's fucking good. So, don't think you're taking it easy on people by going Biomance. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying don't take Biomance. I'm just saying it's... Because uh, then you can split Magnus off and he's fucking Toughness 9. Or when you challenge people, he's Toughness 9. They're not going to be able to do anything. Just him. floating, eating people's souls and shit, just <laughs> getting his wounds back. <laughs> just yeah, like noodles. Dude. And then you got to remember, just... you're you're already minus one. You're minus one to hit him and his unit in everything, shooting and close combat because reasons. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty fucking rough to deal with. So here's the thing with this list: everything is fine in this list, um, except pretty much Magnus, which I don't blame you for taking him. Really, um. Um, so yeah, he's the only, what I consider crazy thing in the list, but I don't, it is what it is, man. I don't know what to say about it at this point. 
everything I could possibly say about it. I've said about it. <laughs> kind of tired of talking about it. Um, but yeah, your your list is fine. I mean, I wouldn't have an issue playing against it. Um, I mean, I don't try not. I don't blame the individual player for wanting to play Magnus. I don't. All I can say is uh, don't learn to rely on it as a crutch because I have a very, very, very strong feeling that is a very temporary thing. <laughs> and as soon as it gets around to being red booked, I cannot imagine it staying this way. Yep. Poor Magnus, RIP. Well, I'm probably just points increase, I guess. Who they knows? won't make him more points. I don't know what they'll do with him, but it can't stay the way it is. It just can't. So, <laughs> my cat did the first thing. I've never had her like hug my leg, and she just did. And I don't know what the fuck that was about, but she's mad at me for talking about Magnus getting a points increase. I guess, <laughs> but she did like the full on like hug the leg, <laughs> hug the leg thing. <laughs> but I do. Um, I don't know if he sent this before I did that other right of dissolution list because I just did that particular list in oh, a yeah. show previous, so he can go back and listen to that if he wants some other ideas. But I mean, I don't see anything wrong with this list. No, I think it'll do just fine. I'm kind of curious. I mean, it's uh, it's like a normal list, other than he's just thrown Magnus and Sekhmet in that will, when he, if he needs it to, will literally just fly around the board and murder everything and not die. I just don't see the point of the uh, missile launcher heavy support, but, you know, that's okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe just has them likes the models. They're not horrible. Yeah. No. It's all good. I think it'll be a fun list. You're just going to have a z- fucking vampire Magnus run around sucking people's souls up. Should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Just but the rest turning. of the list, in his defense, the rest of the list is fairly soft. Tame. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the next question comes from Ben, powerful Ben. It says, the Phoenician's bodyguard. Hi, Ryan. Good, sir. First, please in no way feel like this is something that needs to be put in an episode because I have no stories and I'm legally allowed to share in payment at this time. I'm just a fan of questions ben. about bodyguards. <laughs> yeah, it's going in the show, buddy. And whenever you are legally allowed to share said stories, don't forget us. <laughs> I don't know what kind of stories you got, buddy, but or what kind of line of business you're in, but it sounds like you've seen some pretty raunchy stuff. Uh, he's looking for some advice on a 2,500-point list he's devising. Uh, in a recent episode, you built a list using the Third Company Rod of War, uh, Third Company Elite Rod of War, which had some units in a Rhino and Dreadclaws. This is a super cool list, and I'm totally planning on building it, but I'm thinking about modifying the list to include Fulgrim and a Charybdis and having some Terminators accompany him. I remember in the list you designed, you were advocating for Cataphractic Legion Terminators over the Phoenix Guard for reasons of efficiency, Staying power, uh, staying power, access to Chain Fist, and their ability to curb stomp Phoenix Terminators, etc. Uh, my question is, if I have a unit that is acting as a bodyguard for Fulgrim, or any Primarchs for that matter, does it make more sense to run him with a Tataris bodyguard because of their ability to make swimming advances? I ask because it seems to me that Fulgrim is pretty tanky in close combat. Ironic, considering how squishy he is outside of it. 
and that he'd likely be he'd likely to be able to win most combats and on account of his special rules adding new combat resolution scores and you know the primarch he's a primarch uh, is the ability to wipe out a unit in sweeping advance and maybe cover more ground to ensuring turn enough of an incentive to go to Taurus in, in the ensuing turn enough to of an incentive to go to Taurus or do the benefits provided by Cataphracty still make that the better choice? Typically speaking, do you find that this is ever a debate for Primarch bodyguards? I have a similar question. Should I ever run him in a Spartan? Because the idea of Iron Havoc's turning said Spartan into a crater, uh, turn one, is a scary prospect if my death ball can't run across the field of fire to get into the orgy. Uh, thanks for your help with this. So basically his question is, he's got Fulgrim, who's this fucking badass murder killer in close combat, and he doesn't know if he should, because Fulgrim's pretty squishy, he doesn't know if he should get him a beefy guard of terminators to go with him which can soak up more damage with their better and vulnerable save or give him some faster units that can accompany him that can i guess keep up with his murder combat specialization no 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 he he's really just asking is sweeping advance worth it yeah and here's the answer no it's not sweeping advance is mega overrated and if anybody who's reing right now, you can re all you want. I don't give a fuck. I'm telling you it's overrated. Get a notepad when you play a game and write down how many fucking times it matters. And when <laughs> I say that, I mean, like, I'm not talking about killing seven guys out of a ten-man tactical squad and sweeping advancing the other three, because who gives a fuck? It's, they become three tactical marines that then fall back, have to rally, and if they rally, they get D3 movement and then go to ground. Like, it's, it's just so... It matters so little... And I wrote this little essay to him. I'm just going to read it. I said, nah, I'd always take cataphracty. Sweeping advance is overrated. Here is why. Giant cataphracty blob. Can you air gulp real quick? I, I'm not even capable of doing that, I don't think. <laughs> but anyway, a giant, catavac, a giant cataphracty blob and an attached primarch will likely just kill whatever they touch to a man, so there's usually no reason to sweep. A unit that is tough enough to stand up to your unit, i.e. another Death Star, probably led by another powerful character or Primarch, is going to be fearless 99% of the time, and you can't sweep them anyway. This means you'll just grind on each other until one side or the other is totally dead. In the ultra-rare circumst ultra circumstance that neither of the above is true, or that neither of the above actually don't happen, you're still likely to have mauled the unit extremely bad, and it will probably not be effective anymore. It might also run off the board or not even be able to rally. Even if it does rally, it is still effectively loses a turn of doing anything meaningful because it gets three inches of movement and then essentially takes on all the negatives of being pinned. Um, you mentioned sweeping advance giving you extra movement. It doesn't. Consolidation after combat ends uh, because one side is wiped out totally uh, or the other side runs off is what gives you the D6 consolidation movement. And Cataphracty get this. Nothing in the rules prevents consolidation. And I went on to say, a Spartan is fine. Just always make sure you give it a Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. If you give it a Flare Shield, you can give it a Flare Shield if you're super paranoid uh, and shut down everything strength 8 or less from hurting you. Uh, if you can keep the front towards the threats. Uh, I personally just prefer the Charybdis because it performs the job of transport better than a Spartan and it works 100% of the time unless you can't measure 12 inches and it scatters off the table. 
if you can pass this basic intelligence test, though, it can't be stopped from getting your unit close to the enemy. It's also 100 points cheaper, and it doesn't trick your brain into shooting when you should be moving it like you should be doing with the Spartan. So that was my little essay that I wrote to him. I think that was well thought out. I mean, really, that's something for everybody to learn, and I'm glad that, like... Like, if you hadn't have said it, I wouldn't have thought about how often a unit that's going to be carrying another Primarch is going to be fearless and stuff like that. So it's like... Well, Primarchs are fearless. Yeah, 100%. And then then even if you just... If your opponent doesn't have a Primarch and they have, like, a Praetor and a bunch of Fire Drakes, if they don't pass the basic intelligence test to put a fucking 85-point Chaplain in their 800-point unit to make sure that it doesn't get sweeping advanced or ran off the board. Like, I don't know what to tell people at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like here, it just doesn't matter. Like you're, when you have a giant blob of terminators and a Primarch and it touches something, it dies. And if what you're touching doesn't, yeah. And what, if what you're touching doesn't die, it means it's super fucking nasty and is very, very extremely likely to be fearless in and of itself. That makes sense. So, like, it basically, it's, you know, the units you should be charging should either be killed immediately or be so powerful that they won't run. And so, Sweeping Advance should never really come into play with a Death nope. Star that size. Makes sense. Nope. I mean, when you're talking about Primarch Bodyguards and shit, it's like the elite, like, I just, I simply do not care if I can sweep or not. It does not matter it does not factor into any decision you will you should if you're just talking about what is good on the tabletop it's that now i mean if somebody wants to run tartarus just because they like the way it looks or it's fluffier for their army or that's what they have i mean it it is what it is i mean i don't i don't fault anybody for that but when people write in we talk about this all the time on the show when people write in for advice asking rules questions or what is good i'm going to answer it i don't necessarily mean that that's the gospel like don't ever fucking run this it's terrible like i'm not saying that so but you get what i'm saying oh yeah 100 percent. sounds good to me man it's like uh um i don't know it's like uh it's almost like if there is like a 20 man squad that like two people live out of that. Then you want them to go tell the story of your <laughs> Primark bodyguard anyway. So you let them live. Fulgrim goes, no, <laughs> they get to go, <laughs> go tell the story. So. Yeah. And then if it's something really important, like say it's the last turn of the game and you're, and you're worried about if you don't kill them and they just break and get away that they could fall back on an objective or whatever, but it's the last turn then all you got to do is split Fulgrim off and hit them as two separate units, and you're still going to do the same shit, but then Fulgrim can still sweep on his own. He doesn't need the Cataphracty to sweep because it's two separate units. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Answer, problem answered. So, But, I mean, I don't see any instance. Like The only time that's actually going to matter is if you're like on turn six and you get the first turn and you're worried about you mauling them on your turn, them falling back and then rallying on their turn and then moving that three inches onto an objective. So it's like super fucking rare that that would happen anyway. If you're that worried about it, just split Fulgrim off of the Terminator unit, but then charge them both separately as two separate units. And then Fulgrim gets to sweep. Yeah. 
and now they have the knowledge of said one experience that that could happen. Like, and so now, just so people know, uh, my word bearer list with Lorgar in it, I used to basically run Lorgar and a Death Star with Galvorback with a bunch of other characters and shit. And they can sweep and they get all kinds of crazy rules. They have like Crusader, they get plus one to combat res with Lorgar, they get to reroll failed sweeps, they get plus one from Zari Layak. It's like all this, you're always gonna sweep them if you win combat. Yeah. And the only time it, it the only time that, that actually mattered was and, and it, this was you have to be able to identify this. A lot of people aren't gonna be able to point this out anyway. If you can because that unit was so tough and I knew it wasn't going to die, if my opponent screwed up and put a bunch of units together, like three or four units all close, I would make a line out of my guys and just multi-assault four units at once. And I couldn't kill all four units because I'm only attacking like each unit with two guys. Yeah. But what I would do is I would make sure one of those units was really soft where I could do a bunch of wounds to it, and I'd focus on that and do a bunch of wounds to that unit and then break all of them, and then sweep all of them at once. Huh. Okay. But th that's another, like, your opponent literally has to have four units close enough together where you multi-assault it with this big unit, and none of those four units can be fearless. Because if any of those four units stay in combat, then it, you're, you can't sweep them. That sounds like the perfect storm scenario, which sounds rare. Right. And, and the, yeah, and it's it didn't happen very often. I can only I only remember it happening in two games, and it was like, um, and the reason it happened was I hit. Uh, it was actually Gilliman and Suzerains, and then like two or three units that I are just so like tactical Marines and fucking heavy weapons guys, like shit that like, and I really just did it just to tie them up. I wasn't even really that worried about them like dealing damage or whatever. And so I just like put a couple guys into each of them and then put all my main stuff on Gilliman and the Suzerains. And I end up wiping out Gilliman and the Suzerains and because they were... Or, no, I ended up killing Gilliman, which his Fearless went away. And then because I did all those wounds and none of those guys could really hurt me back, I swept all the remaining shit. Mm. That would be amazing to see in a battle report or on video. But it's one of those things like it's not it's not really that practical. You would pretty much always rather if I had the the only reason it even mattered in that army is just so happened that Galvorbeck like their specialty unit is an in Terminator armor, which is fairly rare. Yeah, makes it super fun. So cataphract the other way. Yep. <laughs> So the next one comes from Brad, powerful Brad. Brad says, "Hi Ryan, Bear Puncher Brad here." Whoa, <laughs> what? This Bear Puncher Brad, dude's got a got a story. I was wondering if you could take a look at my three thousand point salamanders list below. It's my first time writing a list if this size, and was wondering if you had any addition subtractions to it. My main concern is facing a World Eaters drop pod list. I have attached picks to my Fire Raptor and converted Praetor, as well as a story for payment. So, uh, for one, your Fire Raptor looks great, looks fantastic. Uh, the gold, uh, the gold 
Spontans are pretty cool, man. And he put like fire in there, like a 3D fire. It looks like it's like etched into it. Super cool. Yeah, I really dig that. Fire Raptors on fire. Okay. And converted Praetor. Looks equally cool. I don't know where he got that head from, but that's probably the stuff best. Yeah, it's probably the best uh, Praetor I've seen come out of that that box of Kalth stuff. So good on you, sir. Good on you. All right. So his list is a what about a story? Point army, or uh, well, we we would have read it earlier in the main show. Oh, oh, we would have. We would have. This is a, we're not recording out of order or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's a 3,000 so point yeah, we, list. And it looks like he has 1,100 points tied up in his HQ. So let's see what's going on there. So he took a Praetor. <laughs> what? A 1,000 point Praetor? Oh, it's because he's got bodyguard. Okay. Uh, he took a... Praetor, uh, it's got Digital Lasers, Dragon Scale Storm Shield, uh, Mantle of the Elder Drake, Master of Master of the Elder Drake, Ma- Mastercraft, a single weapon. He's on foot. He's got a Thunder Hammer. He's in Cataphractic Terminator Armor. Uh, he's got a Fire Drake Terminator Squad, which has got six dudes in it. They all have Thunder Hammers. Uh, the Fire Drake Master has a Dragon Scale Storm Shield and Mastercrafted Thunder Hammer. They're all in a Spartan Assault tank with Flare Shield, Quad Last Cannon Sponsons, and a Twin Link Heavy Bolter. Then hey, he's got what's a prime... that missing? What do you what? think I'm oh. going to say in my email, my respond email on that Spartan? As soon as it hits a bush, it's going to die. And then as what else? As... Uh, and as soon as somebody with a Melta Gun, a single Melta Gun man, oh, no, yeah. yeah, as soon as a Melta Gun guy comes up, it's going to die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you really think that that salamanders would be caught dead not taking <laughs> not taking uh oh what is it called? Armored Ceramite. Armored Ceramite or a dozer blade? God it'd be so embarrassing to fuck their wheel up without a dozer blade. Uh then he took a Primus anyway, Medicaid. Uh run down foot. And he's got artifice armor and a heavy chainsword. Then he's got a 10-man tactical squad with Artificer Armor and Melt Bombs on the Sergeant. Then he's got another 10-man tactical squad with Artificer Armor, Melt Bombs on the Sergeant. Another 10-man tactical squad with Melt Bombs and Artificer Armor on the Sergeant. Then he's got a tactical support squad. They all got plasma guns. There's five of them. The Sergeant has Artificer Armor, Melt Bombs, and, of course, plasma gun. Then he took a Derrideo Pattern Dreadnought. With Alios Missile Launcher, Twin-Linked Anvilus Pattern Auto Cannon Battery, and Twin-Linked Heavy Flamers. Then he took a Fire Raptor Gunship, four wing-mounted Hellstrike Missiles, two independent ball turret-mounted Reaper Auto Cannon Batteries, a Predator Strike Armored Squadron, which has a Predator Tank with a Magna Melta, and a Sakaran Battle Tank. Uh, in his Lord of War choice, he took a Falchion Super Heavy Tank Destroyer with Twin-Linked Quad Last Cannon Sponsons and Twin-Linked Heavy Bolters. Yeah. So I wrote him back an email. Yeah, Falchion's cool. So this is what I wrote back. 
I said, I would drop one of the three tactical squads and buy three rhinos uh, for the other three power armored units and then buy armored ceramite and a dozer blade for the Spartan. And then I put in all caps, so I was yelling at him, you must 100% of the time always have armored ceramite and dozer blade on any Spartan or land raider you take. Triple exclamation point. If you can't afford these upgrades, don't take either of these vehicles. You should always have armored ceramite on any super heavy that also has the option. So basically, if you have a land raider, Spartan, or super heavy, they all need armored ceramite if they have the option. And then always put a dozer blade on your Spartan or land raiders. And I said, you should have five points left over if you implement the changes above. Uh, to that, I would find 20 more points by dropping the heavy chainsword. Uh, and the two melt-a-bombs on the remaining tactical squads. Use these 25 points to put Armored Ceramite on the Falchion. Other than that, Lord. I think the list is fine. Yeah, I was kind of wondering what that heavy chainsaw was about. And then he, he asked about Covenant of Fire, because if he dropped the, the other tactical squad, he would need a third thing. And I said, I would not take Covenant of Fire. It is a bad right of war that I would never recommend. Its effects are very average, but it has horrible drawbacks that are hard to work around. Uh, you are correct that it does eliminate the need for dozer blades, but there is only one in your list, so saving five points is hardly worth using an entire right of war with those drawbacks. I simply wouldn't run a right of war with the list. Uh, with the models you got, it will be fine without, and you don't have to worry about all the restrictions that come along with a right of war. In the future, if you want to run similar something similar, but you're looking for it to be meaner, I would morph your collection to run Armored Breakthrough, uh, and it keeps the army, but still keep the army with tons of infantry just mounted in tanks. Uh, all you really need to do that is two predators with autocannon turrets. I brought this up because we're going to do a list that Michael uh, announced. Announced that is exactly what I'm talking about. So, faux show. Good advice. List sounds fun. Beautiful painting. If you have an Instagram, send it to us so we can point everybody to the Instagram. Because uh, if you want to run work. Covenant of Fire, just write Jake Busey over at ironically Covenant of Fire, and he can help you with that Covenant of Fire list. And then it's you can an come odd... back to me, and I'll tell you that Jake is wrong. Don't run that right or. And then <laughs> an you should engineer it so we end up. What'd you yeah. say? I said it's an odd thing to be a specialist about, but he does. Like he is. Like that's. Yeah. Is bread and butter. He will find you different ways to turn whatever army you have into a Covenant of Fire list. <laughs> yeah, even if you play Imperial Fist. He'll turn it into a Covenant of Fire list for you. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Jake. Powerful Jake. He's like, you want to add a little bit of blue to that yellow when you're painting your fists? <laughs> yeah, and it'll just make it right into Covenant of Fire. <laughs> Instead of a fist icon, you want to just go ahead and use a dragon head icon, and you'll practically have the same thing. <laughs> well, that's all I got for you guys today. I don't know why. Because <laughs> oh. he's got a southern accent. He does. Who is that uh, uh, That one fisherman that would go fishing, and uh, like he was known for falling out of the boat and stuff like that, and they'd always like play his bloopers? Oh, I can't. Oh, they had the. He always wore the Tennessee hat. Yeah, and he'd always like oh, fall out fuck. of his boat. What's that guy's or, like... name? The best one is when he's walking around the truck. There's a blooper of him walking around the truck and hitting his knee on the fucking the the hitch trailer hitch for the boat trailer. 
And there's a blooper that's just a whole segment of like him doing that multiple times during filming of the show, like on different instances. What's that guy's yeah. name? He's I'm a very famous right fisherman. Very famous Ted. fisherman. Is his name Ted? Starts with a T. Bill Dance. Bill Dance. Bill Dance. Yeah, Bill Dance. And his song was "Yard Needs Mowing, House Needs Painting, Gone Fishing." That was his little fucking <laughs> intro to the the show. I always love. You can probably it. find it. Oh, I found. Yeah, Bill Dance was fucking awesome, man. It's a great show. I gotta hear him talk real quick. I'm watching one of them right now. Bill Dance, buddy. I was hoping he'd say something. Come on. I'm, I'm just watching the blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs> That's him cussing. He'd always cuss. I love this one. It's like where it's like there's a cameraman standing on the back of the boat and the cameraman falls in the water. And Bill Dance is like, God damn, we just bought that camera. Like he's so mad because they just <laughs> dropped the camera in the water. <laughs> oh man oh so yeah if you want to watch bill to, dance videos we're gonna have to link, have to link uh, bill dance videos in the fucking show notes now just so you know done make a easy, note easy no problem no problem i will i will link the bill dance bloopers volume one. Oh man so good so happy that came up we love you we, we love you jake you're my favorite all right this next one comes from powerful ryan RR. He says, hey guys, big fan of the show. Been listening for quite some time now during my painting sessions and when I was traveling two hours each way for work. Wow, man. Good for you. You definitely helped me survive that job. I have a bunch of smaller local events coming up, but I play in quite a competitive meta. I play word bearers and would really appreciate criticism on my list. Everything it, it is currently painted, however, I don't mind changing it at all. And I also have a bunch of demos painted, bunch of demos, demons, demons painted, not demos, uh, painted, plus three predators and a carries assault cannon mortis. Please let me know what you think. I don't mind getting more models or making changes. Uh, so first off, Richie, before I, or Ryan, before I go any further, uh, where are you that you have a bunch of local events coming up? Because I'm quite, I'm kind of curious. Uh, secondly, your list, 3,000 points. Looks like it is a Chaplain Arfis armor with a Burning Lore Chainsword Combat Blade and a Jump Pack. He's got a Console, with which is a Chaplain. Uh, he's got Zardi Layak. He's got Galvorback, Dark Brethren, uh, Seven Dark Brethren with Power Weapons in a Dark Martyr that has Artificer Armor and Power Fist. And then he's got uh, 14 Assault Marines, uh, Power Sword, Power Sword, Power Sword, uh, additional War Gear. They have Melted Bombs. And Artificer Armor and Power Fist on the Sergeant. So it looks like three Power Swords and a Power Fist in the unit. Uh, then he's got a 10-man Tactical Squad and a Rhino. They have Bolters. And that's it. Just Bolters. Just 10-man Tactical squad, squad. Tactical Squad in every sense of the word. Uh, then he's got a Tactical Support Squad with Legion Plasma Gun. Uh, plasma Gun wielding uh, Sergeant as well. And they're all in a Rhino. There's 10 of them. There's 10 of those guys. Then he's got a Primaris Lightning Strike Fighter in his fast attack choice. Uh, battle Server Control, Ground Tracking Arteries, two times Cracking Penetrator of Heavy Missile Rack. So you know what that's for. Uh, then he's got a Sakaran Arcus Strike Tank with Twin Arcus Launcher and Sky Spear Warheads. Then he's got a Sakaran Venator. 
a Spartan Assault Tank with Armored Ceramite, Desert Blade, Flare Shield, Quad Last Cannon Sponsions, and Twin Link Heavy Bolter. The perfect way you're supposed to armor Spartan. Uh, then he has Lorgar Transfigured in his Lord of War choice. So what did you do, So Ryan? this is pretty much like how I used to run uh, my old Word Bearer army, um, and there's nothing wrong with it. So, I mean, I wouldn't... The only thing I would criticize is I don't really like Power Swords. Um, I would definitely put at least one of those guys with an axe. With an axe. Um, and the sergeant, I'd break that power fist off and magnetize it. It's not a horrible option, but I would go probably go with an axe in that place because the unit already has melt-a-bombs on every guy, so it's not like you're really needing the extra anti-tank. And if you go with an axe on him, uh, you'll get the extra attack and you'll save points as well. Um, I like power fist on tactical sergeants um, because you if you put a melt-a-bomb on a tactical sergeant and he uses it, none of the other guys can use crack grenades. Right. So you don't really want to sacrifice the nine crack grenade attacks for the one melt-a-bomb in a lot of instances because most tanks are armor 10 or 11 on the back. The vast majority are. Or even uh, Sakaran's 12, so you can still glance it with crack grenades. So yeah. you're, a be- you're better off in that instance with an actual power fist because you're swinging, you know, three or... F- yeah, three times, sometimes four, uh, depending on what army you are, uh, with the strength eight AP two attack, which is still going to be good for armor twelve or below. This is going to be just as good as a single melt bomb attack, while also still being able to use all your crack grenades. Um, you armed your Galvorvac squad exactly how I usually arm mine. Uh, the Primaris Lightning uh, is it's a good choice uh, because you just have basically the Sikarin Venator. And that is like your really heavy anti-tank. So I don't fault you there. And then like, well, you still got that big assault marine blob with all the melt-a-bombs. The only thing I could see is maybe trying to squeeze in an apothecary with a jump pack, but it's pretty expensive. What is that? 45, 65 points. You'd have to find 65 points somewhere. And I think you're right at your 3,000 points. So yeah. Could you drop that plasma gun squad to a five-man plasma gun squad? You could shrink that. That would you could that would get you there fast. I think you, you could just get rid of two guys. Two guys would be thirty points on just the guns, and then the two guys. Let's see. That would you could probably drop two or three plasma gun guys and get there. Or what I would most likely do is drop one. You could drop one assault marine, so that would be you'd you'd gain five points from the melt bomb he had, ten points from the power sword he had, so that's fifteen points plus the cost of the guy. And then put the so you and then swap that power fist out for an axe to get you five points. Um, um, what else do I see here? Right off the top of my head. Oh, flare shield! I forgot to put a flare shield on the Spartan. Some people really like that thing, though. I've always found it fairly easy for myself to be able to get around it, and um. If my opponents takes it, and then I've, I don't run them on my, I don't, I only own one. Let's see, I got a word bear Spartan, and that's it. But when I play my word bears, my Spartan, I don't, I typically don't run the flare shield, and it typically does okay without it. But I mean, you could keep it. There are ways. I mean, you can get to sixty-five points, like we just said. Uh, make I would drop one. The first thing I do is drop one assault marine, which would then you you'd have to drop a power sword. Then you'd you'd also 
lose you would gain five points because of the melt bomb and then swap that fist to an axe so that gets you most of the way or half the way there and then you could you know drop uh, a couple plasma guys or one plasma guy or whatever and you'd probably pretty much be there that would really help that assault marine squad a lot just getting that one apothecary in there but other than that i mean the list like i said is pretty solid it's not it's not there's no like big glaring holes in it dig it Good luck finding those apothe- getting that apothecary in there. Totally um, it's like I said, it's it's pretty similar to mine. If he actually wants to see mine, mine is different. It doesn't have the assault marine squad. It has some other chains. If he wants to see mine, uh, just email back in Ryan, and I'll send you my personal list if you want to check it out. What were you doing for anti air, Ryan? In my list, yeah. Uh, I had a Charybdis in mine, which okay. if it lives, it has ten strength six twin link shots. That it can shoot at another plane, but to be honest, I typically just ignored. Yeah, because he he dedicated two hundred twenty points to an Arcus. Well, he's got that and the the lightning. The lightning can still shoot at other planes. Yeah, just it's a lot invested in having both of those. Yeah, but the Arcus doesn't have to use. It's not just only anti air is the thing. Like it's good otherwise. Yeah. Okay. I mean, my list. My list. I had that Charybdis, and then I also had a Spartan, which you can snap fire. Because you got to remember, I'm always moving my until my guys got out. I was moving my Spartan. It's full move. You know what I'm saying? So I would move yep. twelve. I'd usually like turn one. I'd typically move twelve, then flat out where it was eighteen inches up the field. And then turn two, I was moving six, getting out. And then if they had planes, I could snap fire all the last cannons. At if I was that worried about it, but typically I wasn't too worried about it if they want to you know blow up my spartan with fucking krakens or whatever after i'm already out of it i don't really care do your worst yeah yeah but the list that i typically ran with my war bears i had both a charybdis and a spartan so the spartan has 10 cataphracti in it uh with a chaplain and then the charybdis had uh lorgar the galvor back and some characters that was typically my army and I kind of sandwich them between those units. And then I just had some other stuff, like he does. Like some uh, tactical squads and some other random shit that went in there. Dig it. Alright. Okay, so the so first we, list... We got two lists. Yep. So, this is coming up. This comes from Christian. Uh, powerful Christian. This is a 2500 point thousand sun drop assault vanguard list. Hi, Ryan. I adapted this list from another army list you did for another listener. Could you please check it and let me know if I made any mistakes? I also have attached a photo of my first assembled assault squad. I think the mix of Mark II and 1000 Sun-specific Legion parts looks good. I have also started assembling my Praetor and Librarian. I have converted Amon and Aramon to create them and make them the, my force look unique. Cheers, Chris. Okay, so let me go ahead and see... So pulling up the list right now, looks like Chris took a Praetor with the Rite of War Drop Salt Vanguard, Colterkana Provoni, uh, Mastery Level 3, uh, Thunder Hammer, Paragon Blade, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Arcane Litanies, and Jump Pack. Uh, also took a Librarian with a Colterkana Provoni, Mastery Level 2, Artifice Armor. They took a Force Weapon, which they made into an Axe. Melt bombs, refractor field, arcane litanies, and jump pack. Uh, the troops' choices: it took an assault marine, ten-man assault marine squad, three power weapons. The assault sergeant has artificer armor, bolt power, bolt pistol, and power weapon. 
and Meltabombs. Uh, he took that unit twice. Uh, then three times. A, three times, actually, yeah. The third one was broken up. So 30 Assault Marines running around all with... Uh, uh, no, only the Sergeants have Meltabombs. Yeah, I was thinking, I was wondering if they had the uh, the Colt Arcana, but they don't. No, they do. He just didn't write it on here. He can make it whatever he wants. Well, no, he can't. They'd have to, because of their troops, um, two of them would have to be this. Yeah, they'd have to be the same as the Praetor, your compulsory ones. Then they took a five Sekhmet Terminator Squad, Colt Arcana Reptora, uh, two Chain Fists in there. The, in the Sekhmet Interceptor is a level two... Uh, Brotherhood of Psyker, which they're already, so nothing got upgraded there. Uh, then you took yeah. three Apothecaries. And they're in with, Cataphracty. Yeah, Cataphracting Armor. Um, then you took three Apothecaries, all with Power Swords, and three of them with Jump Packs. And then he took a Jet Bike Skyhunter Squad, three Volkite Culverns, Anvilus Dreadclaw Drop Pod, and... Javelin Attack Landspeeder Squadron. He took three of them with Pinamata Multimeltas. And that's it. Just three Pinamata Multimeltas. Then his Lord of War choice, he took two Crusade Fleet Avenger Strike Fighters with ring-mounted Kraken Penetrator Heavy Missiles and Battle Servidor Control. So this seems like a fun list. Insane. It sounds like a wild list. What'd you do? Yeah. So... I wrote the original list that he's just copying, so I'm like, I didn't, like, I obviously like a lot of the stuff that's in the list, as I wrote it before, and he just kind of changed some things. So the only things that jumped out were the assault squads not having bombs. I wanted to remedy that. And then the other thing was that he had three power weapons per assault squad, plus a power weapon on the sergeant, and that's not legal. It's one per five, so he's going to have to drop one power weapon per assault squad. So basically, I just wanted to go through the list and free up some points in order to put bomb, like full melt bombs on the assault marines. So what I ended up with was uh, Praetor taking Drop Assault Vanguard as the right of war, uh, Cold Arcana Pavoni, uh, Psyker Master Level 3, Paragon Blade, Thunder Hammer, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo with a jump pack. So I think that's the same as his guy. Um, then I have a Librarian with Mastery Level 2, Artificer Armor, Four Sacks, Refractor Field, Arcane Litany's Jump Pack. The only thing I did different here was I took the Melt-A-Bomb off the Librarian just to save points to make the list legal. Um, and the reason I wasn't worried about it was because I was adding 30 Melt-A-Bombs to the list on the Assault <laughs> Marine, so I wasn't worried yeah, about one good. on the Librarian. Yeah. <laughs> so then for troops, um, I have... The first troop choice is a is ten assault marines. All ten of them have melt bombs. The sergeant has artificer armor power weapon, and then there are two power weapons in the unit. And these guys have to be Pavoni. So I took that unit essentially three times. So all three troop choices are the same. The only difference, uh, yeah. So they're just all three the same. Uh, no big deal. So, but they all have melt bombs now. For elites, I kept his Sekhmet Terminator squad identical. So it's just five Sekhmet to have chain fist. They're all in Cataphracty. And then the other three guys have their standard force weapon, which um, he can make whatever he wants. Um, everybody knows that I like axes a lot. Um, then for the second elite's choice, I have an apothecary attachment with three apothecaries in it. Um, they all just have jump packs. 
I basically took the power swords off of the ones that he had uh, simply to save points. So they're just they're just naked apothecaries with jump packs, and they're obviously going to go with the three assault squads. For fast attack, I have an Anvilus Dreadclaw, which is where the Sekhmet will go. Uh, for the second fast check choice, I have his three jet bikes, um, one of which has a Volkite Culverin. I think in his list he had all three with a Volkite, which, once again, you, it's only one per three. So I had to drop two, and I went down to a single one. Uh, then I have a Javelin Attack Speeder Squadron. So it's two Javelins. Both have Pinnel Mountain Multimeltas, and both of them have two Hunter Killers per Javelin. So it's four total Hunter Killers in the unit. When I got to the end of the list, I had 20 extra points, and this is where I threw it, was on these Hunter Killers. Um, and then for Lord of War, I still have the same two uh, Avenger Strike Fighters, both with Wing-Mounted Krakens and Battle Server. So if you look at the army that he sent me and the army that I sent back, um, I really just kind of swapped around you cleaned some it up, war gear. Really. Yeah. Yeah, and then just uh, put... Uh, all the melted bombs on the assault marines. So that was the big change. Was just trying to get all the melted bombs on there because that's what makes the drop assault vanguard list deadly and makes your opponent make hard choices. Yeah, that list sounds if you look fun. At, like just all around, like that sounds like a fun list to play. And it's very different. Yeah, than and it's not bad. It's, it's mastery level seven because you got two. You got the praetors three, the librarians two, and the sekmets two. And that's it, which isn't yep. horrible. No. Um, and then everything else is pretty standard on the way things would work. Um, I like the Pavoni on the Assault Marines because Drop Assault Vanguard, when you deep strike in turn one, because all three units will come in turn one on that, and then because he has the one drop pod, it will also come in, so the Sekhmet will come in as well in the Dreadclaw. So he's going to get those four units turn one. The Assault Marines, because they're going to be bunched up when they deep strike, they're going to want to spread out. So Pavoni gives you bonuses to your run roll. So it'll allow you, even if you roll a one, it goes to a two. So you can still spread, spread out, out a little bit. But yeah. But if you can roll a, if you, even if you just roll a two, you're still going to be able to basically get your max two inches per guy, hopefully, or real close. And then just get it all spread out, and that way you're not getting destroyed by blasts. Yep. And then, like I told him, he was asking, he was worried about maybe getting shot up turn one and I like an anvilus with Sekhmet in it. And then these fucking 30 assault Marines, the two characters and the apothecaries on the board. And the two characters are biomancy. So that's five levels of biomancy. You're very likely to hit endurance. So you can give one of those units a four up, uh, feel no pain instead of the five up that they come stock with. But I mean, even if you don't, you can, and you can enfeeble units, which is good. You can, put iron arm uh, uh, we've went all over all these powers already when we talked about Magnus but you can basically do the same thing with these characters and it's going to be really good yeah nothing to worry about I mean imagine warp list. speed on this this warp speed on this Praetor he'd be initiative 8 and he'd be what 4 base attacks digital lasers 2 weapons and the charge so he's 7 already plus 3 is 10 attacks with a paragon blade. With a paragon blade, yeah. He's clean. At up. initiative eight. Um and then if That's for like whatever Blood reason Angel's you hit, status right there, man. It's worse. Um and then if you hit Iron Arm, 
uh, you're going to be at strength eight with your paragon blade because you go up to seven and then you get plus one from the blade itself. So it's eight. So you'd have a strength eight paragon blade. You'd be toughness seven. It'd be pretty rotten. If you hit both, you'd all that would stack, obviously. So that's the nastiest Praetor in the game, by the way, is a, that Thousand Suns one right there. That's uh, that's pretty brutal. I mean, it's exactly what it's supposed to do. Uh, yep. One thing I did have a question on, Thunderhammer <laughs> on the Praetor. Was there any... Oh, I just left it on, on there because that's what he had. That's what he had on the model. It looks cool, sword and hammer. It's only five points difference. I mean, you do get the concussive, which isn't terrible in a challenge. And I didn't. He said he already had his Praetor built, so I didn't want to okay. be like, "Hey, save five points and rip that fucking weapon off." Because I had when I got done at the end of the list, I had twenty points free anyway to throw the hunter killers on. So it wasn't like points were so tight. I had to find five and like everything had been cut, type of thing. So. Fluff okay. choice, and he already had it built, and it looks cool. So I wasn't sure if that was in your Super Praetor build or not, but no, it just needs a, either a power fist or anything specialist, really. Okay. All right. And the last list we got for you guys. This comes from Powerful Joe. It says. Uh, Salamander's 3,000 point list helps story tax exclamation mark, man. I love all these stories, man. They're so nice. Uh, it's yeah, not super interesting. another story that we've already read in the show, right? Yeah, Just we've already checking. read this one. Okay. In the future. <laughs> <laughs> That's really the past. <laughs> <Do-do-do-do>. <laughs> For real. Heads exploding all over the place. Sorry, Patreon listeners. They're <laughs> <laughs> the mass exodus. Uh, it's not super interesting, but it's worthwhile reading. Read on. Industrial accident story because, yeah, okay, so we already read that. Well, okay. So here's what he has so far list-wise. Uh, so he's got a 3,000, I'm sorry, 2695. Why is this 2695. He just didn't know what to make. He's wanting to write a 3,000-point list, and this is just what he has so far, and he was wanting to add to it or whatever. Cool. So he's got Vulcan with uh, Fire Drake, Terminator Squat. All have a nine Dragon Scale Storm Shield, four Chain Fist, five Thunder Hammers. Uh, the Master oh, real has... Real quick, stop, stop there, stop there. I'm, he's taking a... Uh, the right, the one right of war where you can take your Primarch as your HQ. What the fuck is that called? Primarch's Primarch's chosen. chosen. Yeah. Okay. So he's good because it's Primarch's chosen. But I want to point this out to people. We've talked about it before, but it was a long time ago. So for new listeners, say say he wasn't taking that particular right of war. He just had a Primarch, and then he bought a bodyguard for it. That's usually a big issue because when you add the bodyguard to the Primarch's cost, it's all one choice. And it usually takes it over the 25% that you're allowed for the army. Because if you look at look at the points that he's put into this unit, because it's Fire Drakes and a Spartan and Vulcan, it's 1,420 points. Yep. So if this were not if this were not Primarch's chosen, you would have to play, what's four times that? Roughly 6,000-point game? Yep. So obviously, it's just I'm just throwing that out there as general knowledge so people it's- keep an eye on that. 5,680 points is the points it would cost. The game you'd have to play. 
to make that yeah. unit in any other any other unit. in in any other if you're not taking uh, this particular right or yes so just keep that in the back of your mind so when you get to your primark you never really want to add a bodyguard it's fine to put them with the bodyguard but buy that bodyguard separate on its own and the vehicle separate on its own and then throw the primark in there don't make it like a squad thing wise wise ryan kimmel uh so next he threw all those bad boys into a spartan assault tank with armored ceramite flare shield quad last cannon and a twin linked heavy flamer uh he did not take a dozer blade on it but that's fine it's not, not fine, fine. went over <laughs> it's that it's not, not fine but now, if you were to take that exact unit, you're going to have to play like a 5,720 point game instead of uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, next up is a. In his troop choice, he took a veteran tactical squad uh, with a rhino armored ceramite, with, uh, rhino armored carrier with a dozer blade and heavy flamer. So, they'll be okay. Uh, uh, the veteran sergeant <laughs> has. Artificer, like, dude, for uh, they're blazing the trail. Uh, the veteran sergeant of artificer armor. Uh, I just imagine the fucking fist. fire Drake, fire Drake with a goddamn adjustable wrench out there taking the fucking dozer blade off the rhino, like while the <laughs> yeah. driver's out taking a piss or whatever. He's yeah. taking the dozer blade off and he's got it half off and he's dragging it over to the Spartan and the driver like comes out. He's like, "What the fuck?" And the fire Drake like. <laughs> comes running over his cataphracty and he's like, what are you going to do about it, bro? Like, <laughs> do something. Do, you know who's yeah, here? You know who just landed? Vulcan. <laughs> like, we can't... It's yeah. not going to be like last give week. This, <laughs> give me this thing. So, it's... Uh, next up, that veteran sergeant has artificer armor and power fist. Uh, looks like he bought extra coast combat weapons for everybody. Holy crap! Yeah, hey, is this hang like, on. Oh, it's just oh, this is Battle Scribe and dude you know for real, looks, for so real. Like, we'll just we're gonna say it's a veteran squad and they have stuff. Yeah, uh, there, he took another veteran squad who also has stuff. When you send us Battle Scribe stuff, rhinos. it's like we get everything. Like I know what the veteran Space Marines like for made mom's made a name is. Like I I can see like where their favorite place to eat breakfast is like it's got everything in there so going through the list is just insane so he took a jet bike sky hunter squadron the driver's name is seth and his passenger no, <laughs> it's got a uh, four heavy bolters four heavy flamers uh looks like two multi meltas six space marine sky hunters uh so that's gonna be the jet bike squadron. See, that word here doesn't make any sense so my no, guess is, I'm my guess is they come stock with the heavy bolters and he swapped them to heavy flamers, but it still has both options on there. And then he for the two special weapons he's taken multi meltas. So my guess is it's two multi meltas and four heavy flamers is my guess. Yeah, that would make sense. Unless somebody's yeah. holding a heavy bolter, I don't know. Uh, yeah. His. The Sky Hunter Sergeant has Artificer Weapons, a Hand Flamer, with a Power Lance. Yeah, that's a silly loadout. I don't know what he's doing there. It's just cool, man. Like It's like Knight's Tale shit. (laughs) 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 
It's like Knight's Tale shit. So we need to make a shirt with the fucking salamander dude. And he's, he's not. His head. He can't, can't devote any hands to fucking driving because he's got a lance and a hand flamer and a heavy flamer on the front of it. And he's like standing in the seat and it just says Knight's Tale shit on the shirt. Knight's Tale shit, bro. Get on that level. Get on that level. Uh, and his heavy oh. support choice, he's got a fire after gunship, uh, armored ceramite, which has got four wing-mounted Tempest rockets, and two independent ball turrets with Reaper autocannon batteries. Uh, you made one right decision in that fire raptor. Um, yeah, but can't also have the one, Chinese firecrackers on there. Do not do that. One wrong decision. One very wrong decision. Uh, then he took a Sakaran battle tank uh, with armored ceramite and last can sponsons, and right of war... Primarch's chosen. Okay, so it's this is you know it's a fixer upper list. It's a fixer upper. So Ryan's gonna go ahead and. So here's the thing. Here's why I like the list. I saw what he was trying to do. Like these are the kind of the units I like, and he's wanting to do. You can tell by this list. He's got three units that are elite in tanks driving forward. Then as a scout element, he's got the jet bikes, and then they're being backed up by a battle tank with nobody in it and a plane. So I looked at that and I went, I can do this with armored breakthrough and make it way better and fucking just make it better. And it's going to keep the same theme and do everything that this list does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's what we ended up with. We got a chaplain in Terminator armor. This dude has a Crozius, which is an axe. And then he's got a combi bolter and a power sword. Because as of right now, unless it changes in the FAQ, the Crozius gets his power weapon because he's a chaplain. And then when you upgrade to Terminator armor, you get another power weapon. So you might as well have axe and sword. So you can decide to go at initiative or not, depending on whether you're fighting power armored guys or two plus save guys. Wow. So, wow, wow. So, dude's <laughs> pretty good. I just imagine his, like, his swords on each side in their little scabbard. Like one says three plus, one says two up. And he's just like looking at the armor like, well, I don't really, I'm going to grab two up <laughs> just in case. <laughs> like, I don't, sir. Um, but anyway, you could, you could make a really cool model out of this cool model opportunity. The big chaplain and cataphracty with the sword and the axe would be pretty baller. The reason I didn't uh, piss around with Mastercrafted on this dude is because the chaplain gives you hatred anyway. So re-rolling one die for five points is uh, worse than rolling, re-rolling all your dice for free. Uh, so, didn't piss with it. it. So, for troops, the first troops choice is a Predator with uh, Sponson Mounted Las Cannons with Dozer Blade, and this works because it's fast. That's right of war. Keep that in mind. Um, then for the second troops choice, I have another uh, single Predator with Sponson Mounted Las Cannons with a Dozer Blade. Once again, it's fast. For elites, I have a 10-man marksman vet squad. Uh, two of them have combi meltas. Uh, the sergeant has artificer armor and power weapon. And the entire squad has melt-a-bombs. And they are in a rhino with a pinnel mount and multi-melta. I have that unit twice. So this is going to basically... It's pretty much the same unit that he has in the other list. I've just put them in this list. Um, they are elite choices, but they're still scoring because of uh, uh, implacable advance. So no big deal. Uh, for the third elite choice, I have ten fire drakes. 
Um, all ten of them, including the Master, have Dragon Scale Storm Shields. The Master has a Mastercraft of Thunderhammer. And then the nine normal guys, five of them have Power Fist and four of them have Chain Fist. And they are uh, in a dedicated Spartan with Twin-Linked Heavy Flamers, Armored Ceramite, and Dozer Blade. And this is where Vulcan and the Chaplain will go as well. So, because there are 20, and then the Chaplain's 2, so that's 22, and then Vulcan's 3, it's 25. So, they fill up the Spartan. Uh, for fast attack, because he doesn't own the jet bikes yet, I replace the jet bikes with attack bikes, because they're going to work better for this list. So, it's five attack bikes with multi-meltas and melt-bombs, and they fit his theme better, because... If you read this, I'm not going to get into it, but if you read all the novels and shit, um, the world of Nocturne, where the Salamanders are from, it's like yes. way higher. It's higher than normal gravity. So yep. speeders and shit don't work really well there. So that's why the Salamanders aren't they're They still have assault Marines and they still have land speeders and shit, but they're not as prominent. They don't use them as often as other legions. They can't practice as well as everybody else. Right. Um, they still use them, but not as much. So these attack bikes will be fluffier, and it, it'll fit with the list better. And you can, you can still you can fit multi meltas on all the guys, melt bombs on all the guys, and they'll fight and assault a little bit better. Uh, for heavy support, I have uh, the Fire Raptor gunship that he took in his list, um, except I upgraded the wing missiles to Hell Strikes, so it's uh, auto cannon batteries on the side and Hell Strikes on the wings. And then for the second heavy support choice, I took a Sakaran. Battle tank with Dozer Blade and Sponson mounted Blast Cannons. And in this particular army, this could also be one, two. You could move this to elites if you needed to, because you can take Sakaran battle tanks as elites, or you could even move it to uh, heavy support if you wanted to. You can take the armored commander guy. But I think, can you only do that? Uh, anyway. You can t move it to elite. I'd have to look on the HQ thing. It, if it's if you're not taking it to take the right of war, I don't know. Anyway, fair enough. Uh, fair. <laughs> I don't want to get my drag my fucking book out right now. Um, then for Lord of War, I have Vulcan, and he's obviously taking the right of war armor breakthrough. So if you look at my list and his list, I basically just swap the jet bikes for attack bikes, and then. Um, fix the war gear on a lot of shit and then uh, added in the two predators because you have to to run the right of war and then added in the chaplain so it's going to accomplish the same goals he's wanting to before uh, but it'll uh, it'll get the it's he's got five scoring units now instead of three because he's got the two predators and the two vet squads and the terminators um, he's still got his Primark in there. He's got his Spartan in there. Got this Karen. Got the Fire Raptor. It's pretty much the same. It just all these tanks will be fast. He has more scoring. The War Gear makes more sense. Um, he's got that Chaplain in there with all the Fire Drakes. So Fire Drakes and Vulcan are re-rolling all their fucking rolls to hit because they have hatred. It's nothing to fuck around with. Trust me. I like how you took the list. Like basically, you did definitely make it much more reasonable as far as like how it plays and have have specific units for certain jobs but uh also you like added that fluff element to it you're like hey <laughs> let's get you some attack bikes <laughs> like let's go ahead and do this and just yeah. tone it down so that's a fun list 
if he doesn't like the attack bikes, I mean, you could still, if he just really likes to look at the jet bikes, they're roughly the same points. He could put the jet bikes back in it. I just threw the attack bikes in just because they all get multi-miltas. Um, and it, it fits more with the salamander fluff, like I said. But the list that I wrote is 2980, so he's got 20 points to play with if he wants to um, throw other war gear on shit. The melt-a-bombs on the veterans, because they're just in rhinos, are definitely not essential. But I got to the end of the list, and even with the 20 points, if you save the 50 points for the melt-a-bombs, you had 70 points. I couldn't really think of anything for 70 points. I could have thrown in, like, one javelin. But as we just talked about, that's not super mega fluffy. If you wanted sure. to put the flare shield, if you want to put the flare shield back on the Spartan, just drop the melt-a-bombs on the vets. Throw the flare shield on. It's not going to make a difference in the list. It's almost impossible to melt-a-bomb somebody with veterans coming out of a rhino. If they don't see that coming and can't get out of the way, I don't want to tell them. It's their own fucking fault. <laughs> yeah. It's like a guy screaming as he's running at you with a grenade. It's like, oh shit! It's <laughs> like, like <laughs> nah, it's that scene from Austin Powers where they're driving the steamroll at the guy. No! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly what. Me it and is. Scott just had this. This we'll talk. We'll talk about it uh, in the future, past, past, future. Um, <laughs> yeah. When we have Scott on, uh, we, me and him, played a game today. Uh, he came up and we played a game and he's got two veteran squads. And he put melt bombs on him in rhinos and we played the game. And of course they didn't melt bomb anything because I, I'm smarter than that. And we uh, got to the end of the game and he's like, what do you think of melt bombs on these vets? And I'm like, I just I told him exactly. I'm like, if you get to the end of the list and you got like 50, 60 points and you're just like, <laughs> I don't really want to throw a javelin in and I have these and there's really nothing else. But like they're they're like the first thing to strip out if you're looking for points because they don't you'll never fucking use them ever. If you have fifty sixty points, you're you're a little strapped for cash. You don't have time to paint anything. Yeah, maybe maybe the melt bombs. On. <laughs> now if you put now it's it's different because in my in the list that I was playing against him, I have ten veterans in a land raider Proteus or sorry a land raider Phobos with an assault yeah. ramp. And I can assault out of it. I fuck yeah. Find the points for the melt bombs. It's it's like could not be more of a one eighty difference on that. So if you're in an assault vehicle, melt bombs. So like Dreadclaw, um, Land Raider with an assault ramp, anything like that, put fucking melt bombs on them. They're in rhinos or a Proteus or something like that. No melt bombs. You'll you're very rarely if ever get a chance to use them. Termite's not an assault vehicle, right? No, no, it's not. Nope. nope. Yeah. It's different, though, because you're coming up turn one in their face. Yeah. Because you're going to get out, and so you're you're standing right there. So that's a little different. We're talking, if you're in a fucking rhino and you're starting and you got to drive forward, and then the next turn, drive forward and get out, and then stand there a turn, and then the next turn, moving it. Like, that's too much fucking work to use melt bombs and you're probably going to be dead way before that point, like... Just don't worry about that. That's a shooting unit, not an assault unit. <laughs> Makes sense. Solid. Makes sense. So that's it. That's all we got. That's, that's it. That's all the list. Yep. So we're done until tomorrow when we record the, <laughs> yeah, we the, record the actual front, first part of the show. 
so guys, if you want to send a list in, Michael at warmer30k.com, Ryan at warmer30k.com, Derek at warmer30k.com, and Scott at warhammer30k.com. Go ahead and send those lists in. Don't hesitate for that. Uh, to close up the show, guys. Actually do. Actually do. Hesitate. Uh, fucking go to the list library. Scan that. Yeah. Uh, listen to some of the shows. See if your fucking question's already answered. It's already answered. Yeah. yeah. 100%. We do have go. a list library, guys. Uh, so a lot of these lists, we probably need to update it here. You know, we can do that tomorrow. Uh, we do need to get it updated. But if you go to our Facebook page, Radio Free Estevan, you can go there, go to the About section, and you'll see a Dropbox link, and that has all the lists in PDF format. So definitely get you a good place to start. Uh, powerful uh, Will over at uh, the Lone Star Legion, Iron Hand Will, went ahead and converted those over to PDFs. So uh, if y'all want to just include a thank you in your list that he helped convert over, y'all can do that. Yep, but definitely. He made it happen. Uh, I sure the fuck wasn't doing it. <laughs> so, so yeah, guys, we do have that. Go ahead and send us in. Uh, once again, we do have Radio Free Van on our Facebook page. Uh, we also have an Instagram, Radio Free Van. We have been updating that. There's a lot of fun stuff on there. Uh, somebody go check out on Instagram. Speaking of, Exterminatus Art. He made all of the trophies for Heresy Camp, and they look fucking cool as shit, man. Like, super happy about that. So go check him out. We told him to give him a shout-out on the show. Uh, if you know any Heresy Camp sponsors or anybody that would like to sponsor Heresy Camp, give us a call. Let us know. MichaelWarmer30k.com. We will take care of it. Even if they want to like just send like prize support or swag bag stuff, their new company, commission painters, stuff like that. Uh, we have a lot of them that have approached us, and it's been a good time. Uh, we also do have a Patreon. A uh, dollar gets you into our – a dollar an episode gets you into our – crusader host which has grown quite a bit love the guys in there uh and we also have a closed facebook page closed facebook group that we uh we we post a lot of stuff in it's a good time i also need dudes. to and i will this week write an, an event packet for my zone mortality event for heresy camp i keep getting bugged about that i mean rightfully so i mean I guess it's 50-50, because in my mind, I'm like, do I really need to write down it's 1,000 points, and we're just using the Zomortalis <laughs> rules, and it's three rounds? I mean, I guess I can write that down. But on the other hand, yeah, I should write that down. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> like, you get just a little <laughs> little frustrated. Well, why should I write it down? I guess I should have to write it down. <laughs> I guess. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> like, it's so simple. Why can't you just remember this? It's not hard. <laughs> I should uh. write that down. <laughs> <laughs> so hell yeah, guys. By the time you listen to this episode, just remember uh, tickets for Heresy Camp, hard cut off July 1st. No more tickets will be sold after July 1st. So if you're thinking about going to Heresy Camp, uh, you should be getting your tickets this week. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Like, You need to move on that. And with, uh, with the way airline rates are going right now, you could probably fly Air Bermuda and get to Texas for like 45 cents. So I yeah. don't know if there is an Air Bermuda, but I know there's like all sorts of different airlines out there now that are just like insanely cheap. You just have to fly with like a grown man sitting in your lap or something. Yep. <laughs> it's totally worth no it. No big deal. No big deal. It's like an old German U-boat where when they sound a horn, you all have to run to the fucking front of the plane and dive on each other in a dog pile to get it to nose towards the runway faster. But That's no big right. deal, right? 
just like that, guys. You just have to all just it's <laughs> it's you get to know your low, your fellow passengers much more that way. I mean, it's, it's come on. So, yep. uh, other than that, guys, that's all I got. Uh, we'll probably cut to some music and probably be closing powerful canty. So that's the way to do it. That's it for this episode, boys. You have a good one. Happy Father's Day, all the fathers out there. Happy Father's Day, indeed. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Same forever.